This has been Broad, and you're watching Born to be Wild. Greeting, traveler. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun with friends talking about the wild format of Hearthstone, spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host, Nate Wolf. Joining me, as always, two of my favorite people, Mr. Mike Lowe. How's it going, Mike? Yo, what up, everybody? Now listening to Born to be Wild HS. How's it going? Yo, and Hydralisk, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh... Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good night. I'm stoked for the weekend, and I'm stoked for the show. So let's go. Nice. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. So welcome to the show, Goliath the Dwarf. How are you? Uh, excellent. Been very excited about this for the past two weeks. Looking forward to doing all my research and everything. And so I'm, I'm ready, ready to, uh, to tell some stories here. I am Whoa, excited. I'm sorry. Hold on. Whoa. Sorry, Goliath. I think Nate just played that new priest card on me because I was supposed to say. Nate <laughs> I'm you. sorry. So he he kind of stole my hand into my deck. And my whole play. But since the turn's over, you know, now I don't have my deck and my card. So, you know. <laughs> I hear there's a hot fix. <laughs> oh, there's a hot fix. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, apparently there was a glitch where it would steal the deck permanently, and they just changed it. So that oh, that's what happened. To. Yeah. So Nate was the the uh, the, the uh, version that wasn't nerfed. You know, like pre hotfix. All right, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Overpowered whale. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh man! So we are doing our first ever lore episode, and I am super duper excited. Um, yes. So, hey, Mike, how did you meet Goliath? So, um, I have a story here. Real quick, Goliath, what, what server was that that I first saw you in? I believe you contacted me on the AlphaCord server. Okay, yes. So, um, I had this gung-ho attitude about trying to spruce up uh, the Born to be Wild server. Because currently, I'm still in, like, honestly, I've, this might sound gross, but, like, over 20 to 30 Discord, uh, Hearthstone servers Ooh. in Discord. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So I honestly spent a lot of time in all these servers. And when I came across your stuff, I was like, this is pretty cool. Maybe I can recruit him to post in hours. Not to take Goliath away from anything else he was doing, but this is more of a give him another platform with more people who may not know who he is. You guys know what I'm saying? So I offered that. And then, of course, he accepted um, gave him the role of Lord Master because he had all the knowledge. Um, check out a lot of the articles on um, Out of Dot Cards, which that's a cool handle. Anyway, website name. Um, but really excited. But, um, I think I might have said it wrong the first time, but I wasn't trying to like have him right on the site. I just wanted him to come to the uh, Discord to um, have his own space, mm-hmm. and I made it so that the restrictions are um, him, Nate, you know, us as a host can post. Because I want that channel to make sure it has, like, what I designed it for. Like, for him to put his content there and for it to be, like, a lore section. Because every yeah. other channel, everybody talks all the time. Which is a good problem to have. You can always have general discussions in line as anyway. I think we're at 130 people now. 
Yeah, something like that's very, it's growing um, hey, that's true. very quickly. That You're yeah. kind of breaking up a little bit, Mike. I don't. I yeah, so I, I I saw it. Oh, I'm breaking up. Yeah. Oh, you you were not, you not, sound not good now. Now you're a bit smoother. There you go. I apologize. Yeah, so I discovered Goliath um, from a, from a different server, and I uh, pulled him over to our server so that he can have another space to um, sh- share the stories and articles uh, that he puts together, which is very cool because I came from playing Magic. I know nothing about the World of Warcraft. So reading it and um, taking it in and consuming it in the way that he writes, is it's very acceptable, and I like it a lot. Oh, it's great. It's great. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I okay. like it. Cool. Cool, guys. I, um, I just wondered... So, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, uh, heading out to Hydra, if Hydra wants to ask a question. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> All right, yeah, so um, my first question um, for Lord Master Glider, um, what made you start playing World of Warcraft? If we can jump into questions, is that cool, Nate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some. I, I want to, I want to talk about everybody's week, but let's do, let's talk to Goliath first. That's fine. Let's, uh, let's chat with Goliath and, and then we can jump into uh, our, our week, our week in Hearthstone, do some news, and then get into our main topic. Yeah, for sure. What was your question? Oh, yeah, my question for Goliath. Um, I wanted to ask. Uh, because I came from Magic, uh, what made you get into World of Warcraft? Okay, so this is kind of an unusual story. I, I had a very different path to it than a lot of other people do. I started playing about four years ago, coincidentally, just before I started college. I just graduated, by the way. And looking Congrats. for employment, so if anyone is hiring, I'm open. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, so I, I actually started playing Warcraft because I was, I, I randomly decided to go to the live action Warcraft movie that was playing in theaters with a friend. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of people who play Warcraft who really don't like that movie because <laughs> it, you know, it changes the story a little bit and they don't like the way some things go because they're, you know, diehard story fans. But I got really into it and see, I'd heard of Warcraft before. It's pretty famous. Um, but it was something that always intimidated me because it's we're, we're talking over 20 years or more worth of storytelling across a couple different games, even games that started before World of, World of Warcraft, like in the 90s or 80s or something. And so just like that sheer amount that looks like, how am I going to get into that? But the Warcraft movie told the very first story of where it all began. Mm-hmm. And so when that ended, I'm like, ooh, I like this. I want to know what happens next. And as it turns out, there's over 20 years of content that tell everything that happens next. I need and to know. And so I'm like, I'm going to get into this game because I want to know all of this stuff. I, I'm very into fantasy universes, like the expanded universes where you, you everything is connected and you have the book that tells us one thing and the movie that tells another part and all that stuff. So, yeah. so that this was a gold mine for me. Nice. Um, I watched that movie too. I thought it was really fun. I know a lot of people had issue with it, but like, you got to enjoy it for what it is. I mean, if you go into that thinking it's going to, you know, win an Academy award, like you're fooling yourself. Right. I mean, it's just supposed to be fun. Um, 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I remember watching a video afterwards on YouTube, um, that was all the Hearthstone references in the world of in the Warcraft movie. And there wasn't a ton, you know, but there was a couple Murlocs. There was a sheep somewhere. <laughs> there was, uh, you know, a few cards. I'll have to dig it up. But th- I remember that being. Yeah, there was fun. some part where Cadgar basically cast Polymorph on a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it only works on the simple minded, which I think is also <laughs> kind of referenced to Jedi Mind Trick or something. Yes, yes. I'll I have to. Movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. Yeah, I got to I gotta find it. I'll have to rewatch it. It was. Um, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I won't say that it was good. I will say that it was definitely very fun, and I, I did, I did have a good time. At with the it. very least, I qualify it as guilty pleasure movie. Oh heck Maybe yeah! Not so guilty. <laughs> I remember watching it, and I, I was fine with it. The only thing that confused me is there's not a lot of uh, the characters calling each other by name in it, so you're just assuming that this person is this person, and you're sort of like guessing. I'm That's like, okay. This Fair baby point. is Thrall, right? Like, I think the baby's Thrall. Like, I think okay, so. let's go. And yeah, then and I had no clue who Thrall was by the time because it was and, my and introduction. So, like, so. The whole time I'm like trying to piece together who I think who is and and whatever. But yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Medivh is addressed as the Guardian more than he's called Medivh, so I didn't know the guy's name for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to like rewatch it now too. Cause it was, I, I mean, I watched it in the theater too. So it was a long time ago, but Hey, so one of the yeah, things I got it on DVD and everything, oh, which yeah. actually I, I got, I got a special uh, sale thing and a steel book at uh, target when it came out, which gave me among other things, the Medivh skin and hearthstone mm-hmm. for free. So That's like, right. I remember nice them doing bundle. that. I had already bought it, and I was sad because I would have went and bought the movie, but oh well. <laughs> hey, one of the things that we like to ask people when they come on, um, and sometimes there's a great story and sometimes there's no story, but uh, how did you come up with your name, Goliath the Dwarf? I- I'm curious if you're oh, willing okay. to share the story. I'm more than willing. I absolutely love telling people the story. So essentially, um, I've always, ever since I... Uh, saw the Hobbit movies, so particularly the first one where they're showing like the Kingdom of Erebor. Just the visualization in that made me absolutely fall in love with the fantasy of dwarves. Uh, I identify with them in uh, several different ways. Uh, I've, I growing up, I was always the short kid, uh, so I identify with them in terms of being short. Um, I really like beards. Uh, I don't have a long, luxurious dwarven beard, but I hope to someday. Um, <laughs> and they, they, I like singing, and I, I have a deep voice and a bass. And in a lot of these movies, like, again, in the Hobbit movie, they do a lot of that. And I have a really strong appreciation for, for good craftsmanship, which is another thing the dwarves are all about. And so I, I just feel a draw to them in that general sense. And then... Uh, then at one time, uh, shortly after I graduated from high school years, I was in a musical production of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia. Oh, sweet. And the part I had was the dwarf who is the sidekick to the White Witch. And then at one point uh, during rehearsals, we realized that, you know, my character doesn't actually have a name. Uh, he's just called Dwarf in the script. And we thought... Well, you know, for the heck of it, uh, let's let's just have fun and give him a name. And uh, the girl who was playing the White Witch, 
suggested, why don't you go with Goliath? You know, it's fun. It's irony. And I went with that because, one, I thought it was a good idea. But the other thing is I had a huge crush on her at the time. And so I thought <laughs> I that idea. Uh, so I just kind of went with that. And you were after, thinking. <laughs> and then after that, um, my brother eventually got me into uh, Steam because uh, he wanted someone to play some games with. And so when I made my uh, Steam account, I decided uh, Goliath the Dwarf. And then I just ended up making all of my accounts the same uh, name for the sake of, you know, not getting mixed up or people finding me on other things. But the, the, my favorite part of this is that uh, a couple of years ago, when I was in a college class, it was sort of a, uh, a once a week in the evening type of class with a really laid back teacher. And at the, at the start of the, you know, the, the first class, he went around, you know, trying to figure out everybody's names. And uh, he asked, you know, do you have any nicknames? And uh, his name was Daniel. My name is Daniel. And I said, um, you know, my name is Daniel, but, and I joked, but, you know, online people call me Goliath the Dwarf. And he actually went with that. So <laughs> my professor and everyone wow. in that class called me Goliath for that entire college semester. Like, I'm sure that there, there's people in that <laughs> class who only know me as Goliath because that's all that I was ever called. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I know, right? What a good story. So, so, yeah. It's better yeah, than yeah. I expected. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, does anybody have uh, any more questions? For so, well, yeah. We I mean, how did her? you, how did you get into wow? You, you mean aside from the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, I mean, I assume you, so you saw the movie and then you started playing world of Warcraft after that. Yeah, I started playing Warcraft uh, just uh, before the Legion expansion came okay. out, and um, so so then I, I I played for a while, uh, just kind of experiencing that stuff. And at the time, the the story was still a little bit all over the place, a little bit confusing. Uh, but then they came out with the Chronicle books, uh, basically a set of three. Mm -hmm. I actually have uh, Volume Three right here next to me, nice. and nice. these are these are books that essentially summarize that whole twenty years worth of story, including straightening out any retcons that they did and uh, filling in some information that maybe helps to explain some things because when when wow started it wasn't until the wrath of the lich king expansion that they really started incorporating story elements into the game so a lot of the earlier stuff from the original classic and the burning crusade uh there wasn't very much story stuff explained so that stuff really helped uh, being explained in the books and I just kind of became an uh, expert on it overnight I even ended up on a um a little uh, game show uh, that a guy was doing on YouTube about WoW, and I actually won it. And uh, you can't oh. see it now, but I have a, uh, I have a large Hearthstone uh, mouse pad uh, right down beneath my mouse and my keyboard that I won as a prize on Thank that you. on that game show. Oh, from my that's board. awesome! So I guess oh, even yo. from the start. It, uh, my wild lord manifested in me benefiting in Hearthstone. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Hey, um, continue with that. But uh, when you get it, when you get a chance, can you take a picture of that and then post it in Discord later? Oh, absolutely, sure. That'd be great. Love that. Very cool. Hey, hey, we have a, a question from uh, Aramorn in the chat: Horde or Alliance? Um, <laughs> lore-wise, I am neutral just because I see that there's, there's good points uh, with both factions. It's largely just a, a cultural difference where they, they can't really coexist fully in that sense. Um, I started out playing Horde. I had a Blood Elf Warlock for the first uh, two and a half years of my playing it. Um, but then uh, about... But that, then the allied races came out uh, during Battle for Azeroth, and uh, one of them was Dark Irons. So you got dwarves, and orange is my favorite color. And I'm just like, I can't resist this. I'm changing to a Dark Iron Paladin, so that's my name now. Uh, that, that That's my main, and I named him Goliath. And um, so currently my main is on Alliance. Um, but I, I I like playing you know I, I like playing both sides I like experiencing the whole story uh, for everything because you know it's 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 not as much fun if you're only experiencing half the story. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, okay, one hey, other. Uh, oh, sorry, go for it, oh, Mike. Sorry. You go. Yeah, real quick, it's a burning question because everybody listening is wondering. Um, yeah, you know, you know, it's coming. Uh, the influencer of this name. Are you? Uh, Still in contact with this woman? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Honestly, it damn. was one of those. It was one of those one-sided. I, I said it was a crush. I didn't say that she reciprocated it. Uh, well. Oh no, I didn't want to assume. I just wanted to ask if you were still in contact. Because, <laughs> you know, Goliath the dwarf, dwarf blew up. You know, Lord Master. So hey, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you uh, play any of the other Warcraft games? I mean, I had played Warcraft 1 and 2, you know. Warcraft 2 is, like, one of my favorite games. And I skipped over 3. I finally have it, but I haven't played it. But I knew there was a ton of lore in that. Um, is that something that you got yes, into at all? Actually, actually, the uh, Warcraft 3 is going to be a huge source. Uh, that, that That's the largely the time period of the lore that we're going to be talking about today. Oh, perfect. Uh, so yeah, I I was too young. Like I, I think that at least the first one probably came out before I was born. Probably the second one too. I can't remember the dates they came out on. Uh, I didn't really start playing uh, computer games on a regular basis until my teen years. So I kind of uh, passed uh, passed by all that stuff. I might end up getting reforged at some point. But, you know, I also there's been a lot of controversy about it. And so I've been a little hesitant to dump my cash into it, especially since it's it's a story I already know. But people say, man, you, you got to get the experience. So so maybe I'll end up playing Warcraft 3 at some point. I heard that you could I pre-ordered it because um, I'm a sucker for the card backs and I wanted the Hearthstone card back. Uh, and I wanted to play it, but I heard that there was a way that you could um you could play like the original version with the old graphics. You could play the new version with the like updated graphics or whatever. So I think there's the potential for either. 
then again, I still haven't jumped into it yet, so I don't know. Maybe that's something for this weekend. Yeah, my thing is my, my eyes literally I, – I literally get a headache when I look at graphics that are too old and blocky. So I was very <laughs> dependent on there being a new version of uh, things in order to get me to play it at all. Mm-hmm. So if I ever do it, it will be with those new graphics. For Otherwise, sure. Otherwise, yeah, that's cool. I, I I still have the discs for I think Warcraft two and Warcraft three, um, hiding in my closet somewhere. So. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> feeling old right now uh, because yeah. I I I bought Warcraft one when it came out. So <laughs> oh yeah, I used to play I used to play Warcraft two Battle.net edition like competitively. Like I would be in the top uh, one thousand on ladder on NA. Like U.S. Nice. U.S. East, I usually played in, even though I live in the West. But I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just massing <laughs> and, and, and sending them in. <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing, and you were a master player. Oh uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, not too many people actually played that game online, really, compared to people playing StarCraft. One StarCraft, because oh, StarCraft Battle... was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it, nobody was playing WarCraft two online. Was, there was <laughs> barely anybody playing. But I would switch over when I was getting bored of StarCraft, and then I'd play at WarCraft two. And yeah, War StarCraft's a craft, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so. funny though. It's it was funny when they did that because I used to play all the old point and click adventure games, and it, everything was Quest. King's Quest, Space Quest, uh, Police mm-hmm. Quest, Quest for Glory. Yep, all those. Um, <laughs> anyways, the good, good old days. Yeah. Well, uh, we like to ask everybody how they're doing um, in this part of the show. See how everybody's week has been going, anything you know cool happening to you, how real life's going, how Hearthstone's going. Uh, personally, for me, it's been... Crazy hectic week. I've been working a lot, but I've been really stoked for today. Really uh, glad to uh, have you, Goliath the Dwarf, on the show. Everybody's been stoked about the new expansion. Um, I I jumped on last night when I got home. I, I jammed, I don't know, maybe 10 games or so, uh, just trying out some rogue stuff. And I was very surprised because we talked about how we didn't really think soul fragments were going to be much of a thing, mm-hmm, but yeah. I don't know like where you guys are sitting at because I was um, like platinum one or two or something when I started playing last night and mm-hmm. I saw either quest mage or a soul fragment deck like, <laughs> over and over and over again. And yeah. it, yeah, it was surprising to me, but um, I know people are trying stuff with the, with the soul fragments and the other people aren't trying anything and playing quest mage. It's new. It's just cause it's new. I think, you know, we get when it, when it wears off, maybe it'll, I don't know. They seem fun. The fun to play with. Yeah. 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 But that, that was basically my week. I didn't do anything really interesting. Just working a lot and was really stoked for the expansion. I'm really stoked to play this weekend. I'm going to jam a lot of games mm-hmm. and try a lot of new things. How about you, Mike? How's your week? Yeah. So, um, I tried uh, a couple of days, um, earlier in the week for a couple of days to hit legend. Um, for whatever reason, I just kept hitting this wall. I was doing great on stream the other day. I was playing Q block and we were cooking people. Like we were on a nine, one streak and then somehow it turned into 10, five. And then I didn't recognize the pocket I was in. And then by the time I switched, it was just too late. And then I was Mm -hmm. now in this like mindset. I'd never get into, but I was, 
pre-expansion, uh, frustrated tilt, so I was switching decks, and then I would queue into the <laughs> counter. So every time you switch a deck, you get the counter, like, in- insane. So <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I was like, if I don't get Legend before this expansion comes out, then I'm just going to let go of the uh, try-hard mindset for this month and just re- go with the flow, because THL starts at the end of the month. From now until the last few days of the month, it doesn't matter if I hit legend, if I climb high, because there's a bunch of new cards out. So new with new cards, there's new information, new strategies you got to learn, mm-hmm. new counter plays. So um, today I played, did a co-op with Zeroshio. Um, we did a kind of a rework. It's, it's like four cards, but <laughs> of uh, Mali Mali Druid, <laughs> uh, Lightning Bloom. Damn. Yo. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. No joke. That card is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that combo, it's so crazy. Like, um, we played a couple times, and I played on my own a little bit, and, like, I was getting that combo off, like, in, like, three or four turns. It, it's crazy. Um, but one deck we really played a lot, um, we played a bunch of games, um, this Priest deck. So on the show, when we were doing our reviews, um, I had this big notepad about this uh, Frazzled Freshman card, and... Mm-hmm. I had a lot of ideas with it, and today me and Zerosha kind of collabed, and um, we'll talk about the list later, but uh, we, we did really well with it. The one deck that kicked our ass, which kicks everyone's ass, is Q-Block. So the fact yeah. that we were able to like, play against other decks, um, we had some meta opponents, but one opponent was like uh, some weird Paladin deck. I don't know what he was doing. As much as I love Paladin, even I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, this, pre- this Priest deck, it's not, obviously, it's day two. It's not refined. But there's something here. We just might need more eyes and more experienced people such as yourselves to take a look, and then we'll figure it out down the line. But, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, how about you, Goliath? What's going on? Um, so I I actually haven't been able to play. I, I, I lock into Hearthstone at least once a day to do the quest. I, I'm generally very free to play in my attitude, um, although I do, like, I do do the pre-order sometimes like for this. But largely... If I really want that hero skin, that's the most. Mm-hmm. It's not the cards that motivate me, but it's the hero skin. <laughs> but yo, you heard um, that Blizzard? You heard that Blizzard? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my um my my general strategy, the the way that I play is the thrill of building the collection of the the grad. You know, you play, you earn some gold. With that gold, you get to build your collection even more. For me, that that's a huge thrill. The the way that I have fun in the game. And which is why I almost never dust a non-duplicate, um, no matter how bad people say it is. But so actually, I I haven't. I've been a little busy uh, the, since the uh, since the expansion came out, and I haven't been able to play around as much as I've wanted to yet. Uh, I really I'm really happy that last month I was finally. After four years of playing this game, finally able to hit Legend for the first time with adaption of uh, of uh, I, I think uh, a deck that you posted, Mike, with uh, uh, mm-hmm. a Discord lock with uh, slight, slightly adjusted for the cards that I had. And oh yeah. I, and I largely wanted to get Legend because I wanted that free Legendary and I wanted the card back. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite so now that I have those. I'm not quite so obsessed mm-hmm. about wanting to get it. But I yeah. I am in that Diamond Five spot where I go up and I slide back down again. I'm climbing and then I'll be three. So <laughs> oh hey hey w- welcome to the sled team. You know <laughs> it's, a, it's a mountain of snow. We climb up and then we slide down. We uh, yeah it's it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel you there. Yeah yeah. 
What about you, Nate? How, how's your week been going? Uh, you, you you had some fun with a, a certain uh, warlock deck. Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So check this out. I um, I was Big kind Nate. of I was in that same boat where like I what I really wanted to do was when this new set came out, um, I wanted to be able to just like make some fun decks, make some memes, try all the new stuff, and not worry about That's my fair. rank. Um, and mm-hmm. so I was trying really hard to hit legend before the new set dropped. Um, and I got, uh, I hit rank three, at least three times I kept, and it was the same thing, the sled five to three, five to three, at least three or four times. Um, oh, yes. on Wednesday, let's see the new set came out Thursday, uh, Tuesday night. I did a co-op stream with our good buddy, um, electric sheep city. And yeah. we played, um, I had been playing Big Shaman. He hit Legend that afternoon on his lunch break with Discard Warlock. Yep. He was like, hey, this is this is pretty nutty. You got to check this out. So we did a co-op stream that night. Um, I just used his deck. I played. He, he watched. Uh, we chatted through the games and went, what, I think 12 and 2 to hit Legend. Um, it was It was pretty crazy. So I got... Um, I came in at 304, which is cool. Nice. Um, Wait, 304? Yep. You could have been missing 305. Uh, Pitbull. Pitbull, you know? <laughs> to all our, our hip-hop fans out there, you know. I I'm missed sorry. it. I missed my it. Bad, my bad. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm, anyway. <laughs> hey, so, I'm sure someone got it. Okay. <laughs> So here's the deck that we used is discard warlock. Not that it really matters anymore since there's new cards, but yeah, we went 12 and three, 80%, 80% to legend. So it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, and so big shout out to, uh, to East sheep city. He's a super awesome guy. And, um, it was, uh, it was a blast. So that primarily is what I've been up to. Uh, again, work has been, um, very busy, unfortunately. And, uh, just kind of doing doing that stuff um i uh have contemplated changing my name from nate wolf to nate whale because i wailed out <laughs> so hard this set um I, so what i've done in the past what i've done in the past is uh i've i've done typically i try to do both pre-orders um i am a absolute sucker for the card backs and the skins and all that cosmetic stuff and and it's I mean frankly it's not it's not a bad deal like if you can get the pre-orders it's a better deal than it is buying packs in the shop. Uh, so I got both pre-orders. Uh, what I did last set, which I totally regretted, was um, I got both pre-orders and then I bought a few extra cards. I had saved up some gold and stuff, and immediately I disenchanted all of my duplicates. Like I kept everything like that I didn't have, but I disenchanted all my duplicates. And crafted the rest of the set, set so that I could have a full set. Um, and then, like a week later, maybe two weeks later, they nerfed a whole bunch of Demon Hunter stuff. And I was so frustrated because I'd already disenchanted all of it. Um, and so I kept thinking this time around, like I'm not, I don't want to disenchant anything. I'm just going to sit on it, and then a couple weeks in, they will nerf something, and then I'll disenchant my ten copies of it or whatever. Um, and try to, you know, I can get my extra dust that way. Um, I made the mistake of starting to craft golden cards and it is very expensive. And so I am, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to watch that. The trick that um, – so what I'll be doing starting now until the next expansion in four months is I'm just hoarding gold. Um, so I'll, I'll like have that. that. And then what I did this time is like I knew this was coming out soon. And so every time I got paid for like, I don't know, month, month and a half, like leading up to it, I get my paycheck. I'd buy some Blizzard um, store credit and just sit it there, get paid again throw up you know some more some more money up on the store credit and so when the set came out i was able to buy a whole mess of packs that i had kind of saved up for for a couple months um ended up opening 400 packs (laughs) 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 which um between the free between the free legendaries and everything else it was the full set uh so i i fully whaled out um how long did that take you to open, it, man? I, like, I, I, it took. It felt like it was taking me forever just to open my eighty. I was getting bored out of certain. It points. was. Um, I yeah. I it took about two hours. Um, I recorded it. We did it live last night. Uh, it took about two hours. Um, yeah, with your son. I had my kid in his room behind my office on discord and we were chatting and he, um, he got one of the pre-orders and we were kind of chatting while we played and it was hilarious. He, um, that's kind of cool. He cannot stop talking for the life of him. And so if you ever, you know, watch the video or whatever, he just, you hear him go, blah, 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 blah. It was super cute by the way. Yeah, it was was awesome. He was so excited about, everything he was opening he was talking about this if even if it was a horrible card he's like ah but i love the art i'm keeping it (laughs) that's the spirit that's that's my yes yes he's a good he's a good kid um yeah uh nate wolf jr um i don't know his name that's what we're gonna call him (laughs) so uh i've enjoyed the stream um you say he talked a lot but everything he said was very informative whether you knew the game or not because um for you know for example uh, he was talking about, you know, hey, Dad, um, I'm missing this last Doomhammer for this deck. Should I dust? Should I, you know, spend the dust for it or not? You know, Nate was like, <laughs> let's just hold off. New expansion. And then he was talking about Mill Rogue and other decks like that. So the fact that this Nate Jr. knows about Mill Rogue just shows how great his dad <laughs> is and how knowledgeable this this child is. So I'm very excited for the future of the his, game. Uh... Uh, trying to train him right his favorite class is shaman he he wants to jam shutterwalk and everything and so he's trying to um (laughs) and actually he really lucked out because he um he opened up two of the shaman legends he got the dual class um shaman uh druid and then he opened up the um uh instructor fireheart i think it was okay um yeah, that was the one I got for free. Yeah, and so he was he was pretty excited that he got uh, the legends from the class that he really likes. So yeah, um, I was happy awesome. for him, and um, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, one other thing before I wrap up my kind of my week. So I had a good week, really good week. Opened lots of cards, hit legends, super good. <laughs> um, so I got my Born to Be Wild shirt in the mail, and it looks super awesome. Oh, nice. So, unfo- so here's the deal. I don't, I, uh, I, I washed it and either it shrunk a little bit or I have somehow become slightly more manly than I thought I was. The shirt is a little bit <laughs> tight on me. <laughs> it couldn't be. Just got a, a, a black sun nail tear to shreds. Uh, it, I, I put it on, right? 
and um, it fits, but like it's a little, nice it's a little bag. fits fits like a glove. So what I wanted to do because I uh, I'm I've you know I'm losing a little bit of weight and I'm trying to exercise and stuff, but it's a slow process. Uh, rather yeah, yeah. than sit the shirt aside and um, try to fit into it later, I'm gonna <laughs> I would like to give it away to somebody. And I will buy a bigger one that doesn't look like um, it is like stretched on my manly body. Uh, so if anybody wants a Born to Be Wild red T-shirt that is freaking amazing, what I want you to do is DM me either in Twitter or in Discord. Uh, send me a message. Just say T-shirt. Um, I only want to ship it to the U.S. I apologize, but uh, last time I shipped to um, Europe, it was super duper expensive. But here's the shirt, right? Um it's a, it's a men's large. Um, it uh, is like a, kind of fitted or something. So it's really soft, really nice shirt. Uh, but if anybody wants it, yeah, hit me up. Um, super cool shirt. And apparently I need to lose a little bit of weight. But I would love to send it to somebody for free. Um, and whoever, you know, send me a DM on Discord or uh, on Twitter. And um, I will shoot it out to somebody Um if I get multiple requests, then I'll do a drawing or something. But anyways, I would love to pass it on to somebody. So Yeah, man, these shirts are nice. Uh, if you don't got yourself a pair, you should go to uh, BoardToBeWildHS.com. Hit that merch link. You know, we got hats. Uh, we got mugs. Hydra's wife makes koozies. That's not available yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Building the hype. We'll get there. Yeah, they're pretty nice. They are really yeah, nice. Transition, man. I should have added this to my, my week. I'm sorry. Because um, I was walking to the store, came back, saw our package on the stairs, grabbed it, and then uh, it was from my boy Nate. So I appreciate the shirt. Feels great. You know, nice material here. Got the big orange dragon with the letter. And, you know, this is really great. I'm loving this shirt. Break orange, man. Loving it. So did I ever tell you guys, like, the hit, like why we chose that for the logo? No. Uh, and no, nah, perfect. I, I remember when I, when I joined things, I thought. That is an amazing logo. Props to whoever the graphic designer is because I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I the logo. The logo is dope. I love it too. I um. So what? So I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but uh, it it used to be hosted by myself and Craig of Canada. We used to do a show called um, Into the Wild. Took a break, then came back and and started up a new show, and um. I used to do graphic design a long time ago. I do the graphics for the show, but not, um, I don't do it professionally anymore. Um, but, uh, so I wanted to hire somebody to do the graphic design for it. And, um, so the guy that I hired, his name is Hassan. Uh, he goes by H S S N. I can link him up somewhere, but he does amazing work. Primarily it's like esports teams, logos and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't want to use any sort of like Blizzard official character or artwork because uh, I didn't want to get into like licensing issues. Um, yeah. Smart. <laughs> but uh, so the orange dragon um, paladin historically paladin was uh, my, my old favorite class. Kind of my first first class that I hit legend with. It was the first class that I got golden. Um, and it was the same for Craig. He, we had both hit legend for the first time. Uh, this was, um, a few years back. Uh, but, um, it was both with Paladin and one month apart. And so I was looking at through all the cards and the Paladin dragons are all the orange ones. I wanted a dragon just cause I thought they were super cool. This was, um, 
and I thought, oh, I want a paladin dragon. So I'm looking at all these and, and you have, uh, you know, Nazdormu and the Amber Watchers and all that stuff. And so I thought, hey, let's look at some designs from the orange dragons and do one of those. So that's kind of where it came from. It was, it's just a, like a throwback to our, um, old favorite class, what we hit legend with the first time and, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. So uh, I saw a couple sketches, made a couple changes, but overall I, I love the logo. It's super fun. Um, I like bragging about it because it wasn't me that designed it. It was somebody else, but I think it turned out really <laughs> cool. So anyways. Yeah, very cool. Also, technically cool. they are bronze dragons, bronze not orange dragons. dragons, but as a huge fan of the color orange, I have no objection. There you go. Aramorn <laughs> uh, um, in chat is asking what my... my my first legend deck, it was Egg Paladin uh, before the Call to Arms nerf. So that was back when Call to Arms cost four. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. And so we played Eggs in that deck. I'll, I'll have to find it somewhere, but it was so much fun. It was um, Wololo's deck, if you remember that guy. I don't know that he plays Wololo. very much anymore. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I remember that uh, Levi made like a last minute change to it or something. And I followed suit because I thought it was smart. And then I hit legend with it. It was great. It was great. Um, so anyways, that's me. Uh, we actually have a surprising amount of news considering it's like one day after the set has dropped. But there's there's quite a bit of things. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm going to pass it over to to Hydra um, to kind of go over uh, some of that stuff, and we can all chat about it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. So, yeah, uh, we got quite a bit of news going on this week. If uh, everybody recalls, due to COVID-19, Blizzard canceled BlizzCon this year. Um, you know, for the safety of everybody, I know a lot of people were disappointed, but it makes sense. But... We uh, we were hinted at that there possibly could be something virtual happening. And at a recent Q&A, uh, Activision Blizzard announced that, yes, there will definitely be something and it will be virtual and it will happen at the beginning of 2021. No additional hmm. details have been, you know, released. It's kind of what we assumed, but it's really exciting to hear that it actually is going to happen and that they are doing something to please the fans and try to bring everybody, you know, together. And I'm sure that they will put in a solid effort to uh, Mm -hmm. make it, you know, because they can't exactly replicate the experience of everybody being together, but I feel like they're going to try. What do you guys think about that? I always buy the virtual ticket anyways, and, and usually it's just because it comes with a, a card back or a, some kind of in-game something or other. But, like, I love – I'm a big Diablo fan, so I like I like kind of watching, um, you know, yeah. that. There's The Hearthstone panels are good. I like getting the um, kind of the inside scoop on some of the stuff. Um, love getting Marin the Fox in gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, missed out on that one. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. I, I had to. I had to do that. So yeah, it's not a big yeah, surprise, I, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. I think it's going to be interesting. This the, this year, the Phoenix is going to be quite a switch up, where we we won't have the announcement for the big finale uh, card set 
at from a BlizzCon, so no, you know, extra uh, announcements to the live, the people talking to the crowds about, and here's a big... Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. I'll bet you we will probably have something like that, given the timing of when they're doing this virtual thing. They're going to have at least something a little extra special for the announcement of the first set of the next Hearthstone year, which I'll be interested to see how they turn it into... Uh, grand opening type of announcement yeah that's true mm-hmm. it it looks like they might be doing um the uh dark moon fair that's what it, it i think it kind of looks like i guess we'll see but that that's what most of us at out of cards are speculating this is the teaser image that they said for all three the uh little uh bracket around mm-hmm. the thing in the middle perfectly matches what they have on the dark moon fair card back so it seemed either they're just really being lazy and some assets <laughs> or this is a very clear hint that that this is dark moon fair that they're planning on. yeah we could be surprised though uh speaking of surprise uh do you see they they released this like um there was a bundle in game for i don't know an hour or something and then they it was it. a complete it was a complete accident so what happened as far as uh, we can tell is somebody dropped the ball and this bundle for twenty dollars it's a really good deal it's twenty dollars you get two random legendaries from the new expansion 10 year of the dragon packs and 10 ashes of outland card packs all for 20 bucks appeared in the store and it wasn't announced there was nothing and people were buying it and some people could get it. Some people couldn't see it. I happened to be watching my buddy Mirak on stream and he saw it and he was trying to click on it and it wouldn't let him buy it. And he was like super confused. So some people could see it. Some people could buy it. Some people couldn't buy it. And then it just poof. Like it it disappeared. Like Reno. Yeah. Poof. (laughs) It, it, It as if it never existed. Oh crap. Maybe that means it ain't coming back. Oh. <laughs> Better not be like Reno. But uh, if if it's a thing that they were, pl- I'm guessing it maybe it got released a little early. But uh, it's a it's an amazing deal if they they bring it back. Uh, I'm definitely gonna grab it because I'm a sucker. It's mm-hmm. two more legendaries. I got 13 legendaries out of the new set, so mm-hmm. it'll be two extra and another 20 packs. So is this that philosophy bundle that was done? Yes. Yeah. Is something else? Yes, that's yeah, the yeah. one. For twenty bucks? Yeah, twenty, 20 bucks, bucks for for ten packs plus two random legendaries. That's pretty good, right? But guaranteed twenty twenty packs. Yeah, yeah tw- sorry. Yes, twenty packs. My bad. Did I say ten? Yeah. Guaranteed legendaries. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I would have got that. So, so twenty packs plus two legendaries for twenty bucks. Yep. Yep. How well, can you say no to that? Right. Three legendaries. Yeah. Yeah. I assume they'll that release it at good. some point. I think that it was probably just meant for a little bit later. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even need the cards, and I would do it for the the dust. I mean, like, it's a, it's too good of a deal to pass up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that reminds me. Didn't just not that he couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. That good. that reminds me. Uh, the way that I got so many packs. Um, I mean, I had saved up, right? But in client, you can buy the um, what is it? S- the 
69.99 for what is it is it 60 packs or something like that um they that bundle is not offered in mobile it's only offered in the pc app or pc game um but it's a better value uh so that's what i'll try to go for um Mm. anyways okay so uh next um if you guys remember we talked recently about the passing of Wreckful, uh the world of warcraft and hearthstone streamer also variety streamer um and the sad passing of him however uh something really neat blizzard has decided to um remember him in a way of making him an npc in mm-hmm. world of warcraft um oh. Yeah, which is is pretty cool. Um, He was a very famous rogue PvP player, so they made him a rogue trainer. And uh, he can be found in the Cathedral of Light, which I believe is where everybody gathered for his online funerals. Uh, After his passing, Mm. they gathered there in the masses. If you look at videos of it, you... There were so many people in the same room, Mm -hmm. you couldn't tell one from another. And um, they they put an NPC there for him, which is really cool for Blizzard to recognize him like that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, that's a good move on their end, I think. So, mm-hmm. and it was really mm-hmm. unfortunate what 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 happened to him, but I think that's a, a super cool way to remember him. So classy, I think is it's definitely classy. Yeah, well, especially since was how long was he? Because he was banned from from WoW, right? Oh, did he? I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He got like a lifetime ban. Oh my yeah, god! Oh what? Wait, what? how did that happen? I, I hadn't heard of the guy before all this stuff happened. So oh no, he he did something where he was he was playing on a friend's character. Oh, uh, you're not oh, supposed to do that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. and yeah, yeah, especially it, him. Yeah, no. It, I, I don't know if it if he was thinking or or whatever. You guys can look into it. Don't take my word for exactly what happened. You can look it up yourselves. But yeah, he got he got a ban for playing on a different account or something like Oops. that. But Damn. It, it was really cool for uh, for Blizzard to honor him despite uh, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they lift the ban finally. Then he <laughs> <laughs> was, was like up, up in the afterlife. Is like uh, I still can't log in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> as a fan. Um, I always enjoyed watching his Hearthstone streams within the past two, three years. Um, I think he lived in Dallas. He, he like lives on a high rise. The mm-hmm. camera view always like overlooked like a balcony. It was pretty sick. But what I liked about mm-hmm. him a lot, he would like invite people over. It didn't matter how many people were there. He was so focused on stream. He's so focused on like counting lethal, counting cards, talking out plays, talking to chat. And like, I liked that. Me and him had the same bad luck. You know, like, count up all this lethal, you count mana, you get the person that lethal one turn later, and then somehow they top deck the craziness. And, like, <laughs> like with anybody, but like, he kind of, like, next level there, like, his rage, like, he would he would react in the moment. Like, no filter, like, no holding back, like, slamming the table, punching the desk, like, and I feel the same. Like, I felt him, and I was like, I like this guy. Regardless of what anyone says, I was like, I like this guy. Like, he's just a genuine person on stream, not playing a character, so... Rest in peace, bro. Yeah, one, one thing people always said about Wreckful, like no matter what he did or how you wanted to judge him, that he was always honest about, yeah. about what he was doing, whether it was right or wrong. That is an admirable quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool oh. dude. 
Okay, well, uh, next we have uh, something pretty neat that happened. Um, Cora, uh, Songbird, which every a lot of people know, a lot of people listen to the podcast Coin Concede, mm-hmm. uh, which is where she uh, used to be a, a host on, and then eventually she started doing casting and then uh, get it, ended up getting a job on Team 5 doing, I think it's final design is what she does. Uh, don't quote me on that, but she is on the on the Hearthstone team, and um, super props to her. And she got an interview recently uh, by Forbes magazine. Woo! Okay, talk to me. Right, yeah, right, right. so like you, business one, right? That's it's pretty cool to you know you start off as you know playing a game, podcasting about the game, then mm-hmm. you're casting on like the actual play Hearthstone Twitch and, channel, and then and you're, Tespa. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then now you're working for them and then yep. forbes forbes is interviewing you it was super so, cool super shout out uh to her for that and um well and she mentioned wild specifically in the interview which i thought was interesting so yes well, what, well, what yeah yeah um the interviewer her name was heather newman and um mm-hmm. uh she asked the question how much attention do you give uh to that play mode versus standard when it comes to balancing And uh, she gave a pretty intelligent answer. I'm just going to quote here where she says, we have so many more cards in wild than in standard than normal, that naturally you're going to have more powerful interactions and interactions that we didn't plan for in standard. So we absolutely do keep an eye on wild. We've balanced wild cards quite recently, but naturally wild will be more powerful and we're okay with that. We want standard to be this ever-changing format and wild to be this nostalgic format where players can go back and play decks that are more powerful. That doesn't mean that we want them to be completely out of control. So um, she's stated that they are watching wild, that they have nerf cards, and that they're not just going to ignore it, but they also want it to be kind of crazy. <laughs> I, like I love it. I, it is, you know, though, it is... Um... I know she had played wild. She casted the wild open. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, it's very, um, I don't know. I'm just happy that they keep an eye on it. Like, like she said, you know, one of the things that I love about wild is that like we play degenerate decks here, like absolutely. And that's half the fun. Right. But I think when things get too out of control or too polarized, like we want them to step in and not very often, mm-hmm. you know, but from time to time. Like and when so, res priest dominates everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's interesting because they can t- make a small tweak and yep. and it still have a significant impact. Barnes to five or the quest, uh, quest mage, um, open the way gates up to what was it? Eight. And so, you know, I mean, it, some micro changes, but I think it's good. And I just appreciate the, um, the feedback. And one of the things that she in particular has been very good about, but also like Celestalon and, and Chris Sierra and some of the other folks have been very accessible, uh, like on Twitter or wherever, where if somebody, um, you know, reaches out to them, they're usually very good at responding. And, uh, it, it's, it's from a community feedback point of view, it's very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big, yeah, big props uh, actually, to I think, so, I think it was Celeste who actually uh, responded to the tweet out of card state of my article and offered a bit of additional lore feedback about yeah. uh, characters. That was really cool to get some right from the source. So I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that accessibility on mm-hmm. his part. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I just want to say real quick, um, if I can, about Korra. Uh, first of all, love Korra. I started watching Korra um, back 2016. Um, I remember Mondays and Mondays, Tuesdays, maybe Wednesdays, but definitely Mondays and Tuesdays uh, were the nights where I made sure, like, I cleared my schedule because Tespa was going to be on. Um, <laughs> Korra was casting, and I really forget who she was with. I apologize, but. To me, she was the main draw. She played the game. She was podcasting. She's very knowledgeable. And she has just a way of, you know, captivating, keeping you involved. Um, so shout out to that. And I can't say it was her, but I like to believe so. Ever since she joined this team, for my optics, it just looks and feels like as a whole, they're a lot more accessible. And on their side, they're stepping out and looking for tweets or at tweets and responding, mm-hmm. just like what Goliath had said, because I don't think maybe Goliath did tag, but I feel like there was time before where people as myself or Goliath or others, you know, you try to find stuff out, you tag them, you don't get an answer. I don't want to say it was Cora, but I feel like ever since she joined going forward, like they really opened up. Maybe I'm putting words in her mouth. I'm talking. No, no, no. I remember she she had it. She had an influence there. Go ahead. She there was a tweet and I don't know where it is, but um, a while back she had said specifically, hey, we don't mind when you tag us because sometimes like, hey, we like knowing about the issues. Like if there's an issue, the the sooner we know about it, the sooner we can fix it. We can answer questions. You know, we want to be accessible. And I think there's a balance, right, where they don't like we don't want people harassing the devs. You know, um, yeah. but I I really like uh, that they're accessible, and I think as long as people don't abuse it, um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll keep doing it. If they start getting, I think Ixar used to get a bunch of crap, and we talked about it on the show a little bit. Um, and like the dude is on his honeymoon, getting harassed because uh, people Man. were mad about uh, some card. It's like grow up, you guys. Um, seriously, but I think <laughs> if you know, you treat people with respect, um, you know, everything is, is pretty good. And I just big, big props to the devs, um, for being so mm-hmm. accessible, answering the questions. And like, I always, you know, you have this little kind of geek out fanboy moment when you, you know, reach out or something and they respond to you or they like mm-hmm. your thing or they retweet it or whatever. Like it's, so, it's like, Oh my God, it's, uh, anyways, that's cool. So I can, no, it's a great that. feeling. I can relate. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like you tweet something out, you don't you don't think they'll say something or even think about it, and then when they respond, you, you fanboy, you geek out like, oh my god! But then you don't want to say too much in a reply tweet because you might scare them off. I, I feel you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, or hey. or not not just Twitter, other social media. Like uh, my my main my main experiences with Reddit mm-hmm. uh, because. For the, the Year of the Dragon, you know, the big storyline that we had last year, I wrote an article that was just kind of the, the entire, uh, you know, keeping track of the story from uh, the Dalaran heist all the way up to uh, Galakrond and everything. And the, that got posted on Reddit. And Dave Kozak himself posted a thing saying that he liked it. And I was just, oh, man, like, I, oh, I was... I was having so much dopamine yeah. rushing to my head when I saw that. That's like, cool. He made the stuff and he likes me talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, hearing your name, we're going to hear about that in a little bit. Uh, Hydra, Nate, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yo, we're going to get to that We're, all, we're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah, we, uh, should, before, we should move along. Yeah, before we get to that, um, a couple more things. Speaking of devs, uh, if anybody 
well, we should all remember uh, Hadija, who is a person mm-hmm. who has worked on Hearthstone. They recently left a few weeks back. Uh, they announced that they had left the team to go work on other things. But what they did do is they left a tiny little Easter egg before they Ooh. left. So, so it was found when you are doing your pack opening, when you're opening a pack of the new set, there's a little tiny note that is left. If you pause it, it's it's almost impossible to see. You can't. Yeah, it, it's almost impossible. So they were in charge of the like VFX um, for the game. Um, Hadija yeah. is awesome. Uh and so when the pack, you know, when you open a pack, it like explodes and there's all these little things everywhere. Like it goes mm-hmm. so fast that you can't see it. But like Whoa. if you watch it in slow motion and you pause it and you zoom it in. Um, and what they said on Twitter was that um, they meant to change the font to some like runes or something like that and then forgot to. But you can <laughs> read you can read the message here. Uh and the timing was like it was added as the goodbye to the Hearthstone team, uh, which I thought was so clever. So it says, it says, um, hi, friends, you're cute and I'll miss you. Connor, thanks for always BSing with me. Sarah, you're the most charming person I've ever met. Alec, you're so kind. Also, Adam and Nick, I promised you I promised I'd sneak you into an effect. I got you, my dudes. <laughs> oh, so yeah. like, what a good Easter yeah. egg, right? And yeah, like, super cool. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that someone found it in the first place. Like, yeah, I, it so would have never. Yeah, you have to watch it in in like slow motion, like freeze frame or something, and then super zoom. Um, so good catch. Um, I guess uh, someone by the name of Alios eight one seven on Twitter found it. So, but yes, uh, total like full on CSI moment, right? So seriously, how do you even think of? trying to even find something like that like what i don't know like i always think that the pack openings are super neat my favorite thing whenever i was opening uh i believe it was old gods packs like the eyeball would fly out (laughs) the eyeballs that would be so like so so like i wish i could see that in slow motion so i bet you some people just look at it in slow motion because that was my favorite just watching it make that squishy sound and the eyeball would pop and fly out that was so gross. I'll I love it. That yeah. Someone just wanted to be able to read uh, what was written there for the hack of it. They wanted to know real words, and then it just so happened that it was this Easter egg. Yeah, probably. Probably. You no, know, there's got to be someone with that curiosity out there to do it. Well, now I think we're all going to do it going forward too, probably. Uh, but that's fun. Yeah. All right. So here is the best. Mm-hmm. The best news of all. We saved to last because this is so much fun. Um, oh. The the mind render Lucia. Fix? Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not the best news. <laughs> All right, no. Let's do that first. Let's do that first. Here we go. Sound patches are great news. Uh, so there was a hot fix, and I had not experienced this, but apparently, if you played mind render Lucia, there was a chance that it would permanently um, swap decks, not just for one turn. Uh, and so, oops. Um. <laughs> And also, I guess there was an issue uh, with um, uh, Drakari Enchanter that um, normally what the card does is says that your end of turn effects um, happen twice. And I guess there was some interaction with secrets causing the game to crash or something like that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Anyways, but they, they there was a hot fix, I guess, that went out today. And so those should no longer be issues. 
Um, oh, I uh, managed to open up Ilusia in gold, so I'm super excited because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the the. I opened three gold legends, and that was one of them. So I'm super excited for that. Okay, oh, now yeah. the drum roll. Okay. Oh, drum roll, yes, please. yes. The best news. The best news. So we have our good friend um, Aramorn to thank for this. This was a total surprise. Uh, I was, I don't, I was either prepping for the show or playing some Hearthstone or on Discord, and he reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, I wanted to do something for the show." And um, so here, I got this for you guys, and this is the most amazing thing. Okay, um, especially for those of us who have followed Hearthstone for a long time. Yes. The uh, the Godfather of Hearthstone himself, Mister Ben Brode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yes, yeah. I was so sad when he left. We did a little uh, flannel recruit or flannel salute for him, and uh, it was. Uh, I mean, the, the team is doing great, and they've they've come a long way. And uh, but he will always be, I think, the Godfather of Hearthstone. And so we have this really cool thing to share with you guys. Uh, I think for my fellow co-host you won't hear it when i play this but if you're watching the stream or listening to the show you will and this i think will be part of our permanent uh intro for the show so um without yes, further sir. ado here you go well met hey this is ben brode and i'm here to give a shout out to the hosts of the of born to be wild the first and best hearthstone podcast so that's nate wolf hydralisk and mike lowe Shout out to you guys. Uh, heard the, the podcast is awesome. Uh, your homie, Ari Morn, hit me up to, uh, to say what's up to you guys. Uh, and also to do a sound bite. So if you wanted to use it, uh, you could. So here we go. <clears throat> you are watching Born to be Wild. I'll do a couple takes. Hey, you are watching Born to be Wild. This has been Brode and you're watching Born to be wild. Hopefully, hopefully one of those works for you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, keep it up. Uh, keep playing wild. I love wild. It's uh, it's one of my top two favorite formats. <laughs> All right. Peace. Isn't it Fantastic. crazy? He forgot Yo. to say wild at first, which I think is hilarious. But like, it's so good. It was just I. I had to watch it like. I don't know. I just sat there and watched it on repeat over and over and over. I was just oh, dumb, like, so did I. Absolutely I dumbfounded. My, son, my, I was like, you got to come watch this because my my son he used to play a lot of Hearthstone and he's seen all the the Ben Brode raps and all this stuff. And <laughs> I showed him, and he's at first he's just listening and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he suddenly, as soon as Ben Brode said Hydralisk, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Because it also my son's name on on Battle.net is Mini Hydra, which is super <laughs> cute. Um, and so he's just like he said it, he said your name, and I'm Mini Hydra, so he like basically said mine too. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he that was is a, awesome. Man. He was so stoked, and he's like, "Play it again, play it again." Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was super cool. Definitely a, a really cool moment. That was yes, that was super super cool. So, um, Armor, mm-hmm. thank you for hooking that up for us. That was just a, um, uh, such an amazing like total fanboy moment. And uh, yes, I think that, that was the moment I was talking about. Yep, 
that will forever be a part of the show now. Um, oh, yeah. you know, new intro incoming. <laughs> yeah. Yo, when I so, saw that, like, of course, you know, I believe in us. Uh, I feel like we're in an uptick, positivity spread around. You know, we're, we're doing good things daily for the community. Um, I thought Ben Bro came across it. And he was hyped. Regardless of how this started, I was just like, I, I still can't believe it. I was just like, he he knows about the podcast. Like, he knows our names. Like, he loves Wild. Like, this is the Godfather of Hearthstone. This is dope. That is so awesome. Mm. <clears throat> Very cool. I'm so hyped. All right. Mm. Well, it's uh, let's get into the main topic of the show since uh, that's why everybody's here. And I think um, let's. Uh, uh, jump into this lore moment. So we were chatting with Goliath and um, wanting to get him on an episode anyways, but the um, the timing was like perfect for this because the like typically on the show we'll talk about you know meta decks or what are we playing or um, or or whatever. But doing the show one day after the new set comes out, it's like uh, what are we you know what are we going to talk about? You know we could talk about what we're playing and stuff, but it's like. It's um, it's it's like too fresh to say what's good, and Goliath is is a lore master. I mean, he's known for um, uh, you know, playing WoW and knowing the background and the story behind the cards. And he had just written an article for Out of Cards, um, about the lore behind Skull and Man's Academy. And so, the getting like the timing of him coming on the show was perfect to talk about the lore behind these cards. Uh, for those of you who listen to Velen's Chosen, um, Eve uh, Eve Martin used to do lore episodes every once in a while, and like big fan of of their show. Uh, but I always loved the lore episodes because it's like, hey, we're going to talk about Archmage Antonidas. Hey, we're going to talk about um, you know Thrall, or we're going to talk about whatever. And it was always like really fun for me because I never played WoW. I mean, I played a little bit of Warcraft a long time ago, but. Um, just to hear about the backstory of these cards. Cause I play tons of cards. Um, anyways, when they, they stopped recording the show and you know, real life happens and kind of everyone goes their separate ways. Like I, I was sad cause I love the show, but I always had a soft spot for the lore. So when we had this opportunity, um, to do the show with you, I was like extra, super duper excited. So, um, and the, the timing is just amazing. I'm very happy to fill this niche for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm jazzed. So talk about fanboy moment. That that is what uh, I'm having right now. So, <laughs> anyways, um, let us get started. And I am going to pull up um, some graphics on the screen. So it, for those of you who are listening to the audio portion of the podcast, I'm uh, telling you right now, you guys are missing out. Um, if you normally listen to the audio, thank you so much. But check out the video version on YouTube uh, because we will have pictures from World of Warcraft and the associated Hearthstone cards. And so you can kind of see on your screen how, um, how they match up. Uh, they did a pretty incredible job here of syncing the artwork and... Uh, I, I highly recommend if you normally listen, watch this one. Um, so without further ado, I will start. And so we have here a flag and a map, and I will pass it over to Goliath the Dwarf. All right. Thank you very much. So there's a couple of key things that we need to establish before we can get into the full School of Man specific stories here. Uh, the most important part is the exact relationship 
between Hearthstone and Warcraft lore because there's a lot of inspiration for things. There's a lot of characters from Warcraft that are in Hearthstone, but things tend to be a little different. So you see, the Hearthstone is actually a game that is canon in Warcraft lore, as in the people of World of Warcraft play the game Hearthstone. <laughs> you can even, when you're in Warcraft, there are toys that you can like set up little Hearthstone boards and pretend role play that you're pretend that you're playing Hearthstone. It's <laughs> an actual awesome. thing that exists in Azeroth. What? And so the yeah, I know that's, that's crazy. That's what actually that's one of the things that got me into Hearthstone. That you know just. Oh. That the feeling that it's this connection with this larger, like I can pretend that I am my Warcraft main character when I play Hearthstone. I just pretend that I'm playing Hearthstone as <laughs> Warcraft. Hey, I know, do, do they? Pretty awesome. Do they hate Quest Mage over in Azeroth too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they haven't gone that deep. That's specific, but. Um, Essentially, the, the the idea behind work uh, Hearthstone itself is that you know it's it's all in this one particular tavern uh, run by uh, Hearthstone Brew, the uh, the dwarven you know, who greets you every time you go in the game. The one who says, "Oh, golden legendary," all that stuff. He's <laughs> the guy who runs the tavern, and the idea is that Hearthstone the the stories and the the cards are reflective of swapping tales around the hearth uh, you know that everybody is taking a break from all of their adventures all of the fighting it's a neutral zone alliance horde doesn't matter everybody's welcome there and they just rest they they pull up a mug of ale they play some card games and they tell stories around the the fireplace and just like tall tales in the real world things that are based on real events like for example we could take a uh, person like uh, johnny appleseed or uh, davy crockett or andy oakley a lot lot of the tall tales or legends like king arthur which may, may have been on a based on a real person in history at some point but then they get exaggerated for story effects or mm. people don't always get the details right and so the idea is that the hearthstone uh, the stories in Hearthstone reflect people kind of making up stories uh, inspired by the real quote-unquote historical events going on in Azeroth. So that's why the particulars of the of the Hearthstone cards won't always quite match up with the exact lore. And I'm going to try to be very specific uh, in explaining what is Warcraft exclusive, if anything is Hearthstone exclusive. Uh, where they match up in that sort of case. So I just awesome. wanted to explain that because it's very important to avoid confusion. Um, so so getting right into Skullamance. Skullamance is basically a... It, it is a school. It's an academy for necromancers led by Kalthuzad. If you look at the uh, the banner that we have the picture of right here, you may notice that the shape is... Uh, the same basic shape, the purple shield, as the Hearthstone version. It's just that the Hearthstone version has a big golden S in there, mm -hmm. uh, while the mm. Warcraft version has 
well, a, a big uh, evil-looking skull because necromancers <laughs> and all that. So the idea here is that um, for for the Hearthstone expansion, the idea is that it's a story that's being told people imagining about what if it was uh, people thought it was a regular magic school or something before everybody knew it was all evil. So this is so the it's run by a group called the Cult of the Damned. <laughs> really attractive. That's a lot of people that way, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but so, so the, if you look at the map here, you'll see it's based on an island. Um, <clears throat> the island is called uh, Carandaro. It's uh, run by a Navarro. Uh, so we're going to get more to them later because they are cards. Um but so essentially, it's it's this secret place where the cult led by Kel'Thuzad uh, worked to grow uh, the first necromancers on Azeroth and rise the the origin of this undead army for the Lich King known as the Scourge. And this is basically one of the headquarters of where it all happened. Uh, you can go you can go to the next pictures if you like. And well, let me point out one thing too on this banner here. Um, where mm-hmm. they have kind of the, the skull thing with the green flame or whatever, but right below it, they have the book. And I think it's interesting to note, you know, on each of the Hearthstone cards, um, each set has like a symbol that they display um, on the text portion That's of the card. That's a really good point. And the book, I good think, is the, is the symbol yeah, for this set, uh, right? The, the watermark has a lot mm-hmm, of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let me... Uh, even I hadn't noticed that part. That's a good eye. All right, so let me. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. So here is a uh, a close up of the island, and uh, the looks like the front gates. Yes. Yeah, so now we're we're looking at some in game footage from World of Warcraft. You can have a look, and you can see the uh, the island right there. Um, it's basically sort of a, a, a manor, a uh, kind of a part, part rich manor, part fortress. And basically, uh, it's d- right now it is uh, haunted by ghosts, essentially. So, so this, is, this is where the, the distinction between uh, classic and uh, revamped World of Warcraft uh, comes into play. Because there's actually two versions of Skolomance. Skullamance was a dungeon in the original World of Warcraft, and since they have the classic servers now, you can technically go into the classic if you want to see and experience it as it was in that time. But when the Cataclysm expansion came along, they revamped the entire world, and eventually there was a second uh, redone Skullamance dungeon. Um, so that's why that's another thing that will come into play. So I'll refer to them as the first and second purge of Skullamance uh, for the sake of uh, story clarity. But essentially, that means that uh, first purge is the original dungeon in classic World of Warcraft, and then second purge will refer to the revamped version that came along in the game later to replace it. Okay. And so, yeah, then yeah, then we have the, um, it, it's basically, 
the ghosts were something that you could see in the original version. Um, but, but so lore wise, they're still there. It's a very haunted area because a lot of nasty stuff went on here. This is necromancy after all. Um, <laughs> you can't technically see them in the game at the moment, but in the classic version, they are there. And so then we have our illustrations, um, uh, some in-game footage of what it looks like on the inside. Um, it is very, you know, academy-based. Uh, they have libraries full of forbidden tomes, and there's magic zooming everywhere. It's like very sinister Hogwarts style, while the Hearthstone <laughs> is going with very, mm. you know, happy magic school style with uh, some sinister stuff that's secretly going on in the basement. The Hearthstone um, twist. The happy twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you I, know, I, I, th- I thought that the the announcement trailer it captured that sense perfectly. Uh, about you know, there's lots of there's stuff going up here, but oh, watch out, Kathy's I'd steal your soul. They're kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Hearthstone has always been so like whimsical, right? And so, and so, mm-hmm. I think you, how do you take a place? You t- you take this, um, you know, school of necromancy. You turn it into Hearthstone Hogwarts. But then you you know you throw in that twist, but don't go down to the basement. <laughs> and, and, right. uh, so and I like that they had the basement included in the in the game board as well. So you see like Me the staircase too. going down, and you click on it, and stuff little things fly out or whatever. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it, it's it's a great balancing act that they've done. Actually, um, one thing I I, I love the Hearthstone art books. I have the. Uh, the two that have come out so far. Me too. To uh, year the mammoth one coming out around my birthday in October, which is really nice. Um, and so it, it talks about you know some of the uh, the challenges they went through with some of the designs, and uh, starting with Max Ramus because Elthuzad is you know he's a human in this version. He's a lich in Max Ramus. Again, we, we'll get to his story very shortly. Um, but they they had the challenge of how are we going to strike the balance between whimsical hearthstone and max ramus is this real house of horrors here and how but then they found the balance with having kalthuzad with you know the personality he has in hearthstone the you know interloper what are you so bombastic about it all that it's humorous and when they did the frozen throne with the lich king with he's just like really good at hearthstone and he's just like mocking your decks and everything right. it's my a, I, it's a balance that they struck to keep the sense of the the fear uh the the the, the intensity of the bad guy but also it, it's hearthstone my favorite line in all of like hearthstone pve was kelthuzad when you're facing him as the final boss like when you click on him he goes i hear the next boss is very powerful and very handsome. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's it's so funny. Exactly. Like, uh, it's so good. So, and I think the Lich King ones also were so hilarious. Um, yeah, they were so good. Like, I want to replay them just to hear that. It was great. Hey, were those the ones where you try to squelch it and it's like you can't squelch me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, they were so good. <laughs> Uh, oh, and also one of my favorite interactions is that, you know, for, because he had, for, for the final uh, battle against the Lich King, you know, you have to do it with each class, and there's a unique challenge for each one, except for Priest. Uh, they just have one where you can team emote. Uh, but if you, can, right? if you can steal that card, then you can silence <laughs> the Lich King and his emotes and just, 
Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, he really he tries to emote and he can't and he gets really mad about it. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, uh so you want to move that, into that's the basis of what Skull of Mansa looks like in the game. But let's uh let's get into the stories of the key players here, the behind the cards. All right. Okay, so first up we have Kelth, Headmaster Kelthazad, or Kelthazad in human form. Mm-hmm. So Kelthazad, he, he has actually right now, I am working on a full article about Kelthazad's story all, all on its own. So that will hopefully be up uh, within a week or so for anyone who wants to read even more detail than uh, I have in the previous article or even that I may talk about here. But essentially, that's on out um, of dot cards. Yep, yep, at out of cards, and uh, so Kalthuzad was originally from Dalaran. You know, from from before it was actually a floating city. Back when it was just a regular city, um, before uh, there was any horde or alliance or anything like that. And Dalaran is run by a group of mages called the Kirin Tor. Uh, specifically, that group is led by a council of six, like the, the most you know, wisest and most powerful mages who all the governing there. And he was one of those people. He was, he was just at the mm. top of his game right there and always looking for more knowledge and more power and kind of a little overly power hungry and obsessive about it. And basically, uh, when the horde came through, uh, Gul'dan, you know, the 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 warlock character that you play as by default in Hearthstone, um, he created uh, these creatures called Death Knights by putting the souls of orc spirits into resurrected human corpses. Those were like his first Death Knights. uh, And actually... Terran Gorfine was the first one. So if you remember that card from Ashes of Atlant, that's who that guy is. Oh, and I Terran, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he says, I was the first, you know. He means he was the very first Death Knight. Oh, that's wow. super cool. Oh, the more okay. you know. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's one thing I, I love. The uh, lore characters when they're... Um, a lot of the time, the quotes that they'll say uh, for the battle cries and stuff will often be taken, like if they were a boss fight in a dungeon or a raid, it'll be a line from that a lot. That's time. cool. Yeah. Hey, quick, que- quick question. Yep. So if I did a trivia night and I said, who was the first, first death knight? The correct answer is Taryn Gorfied. Um, depends on what they mean by death knight. Well, Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, because the, the, there is a distinction here. Um, okay, okay. So essentially, um, d- during an invasion, um, Terran was uh, tasked with stealing an artifact from Dalaran, called the Eye of Dalaran. It was kind of a big magic focus thing. And so, you know, big assault on Dalaran. He just, you know, crushed all of their defenses, killed the guards, got away, riding Deathwing, by the way. They had a bit of an alliance that point and yeah can you imagine deathwing letting it right let this guy do it (laughs) um but anyway kalthuzad saw this and he's like whoa death magic is really powerful and we should study this because look at what it can do 
and everyone else in Dalaran is like, no way, man, that is gross, that is icky, it is completely unethical, we do not do necromancy. But Kel'Thuzad is like, uh-uh, you can't tell me what to do. And so he <laughs> keeps on, you know, studying and practicing necromancy in secret, like animating lab rats into undeath and all of that stuff, and just a bunch of, you know, disturbing things. And he, you know, gets demoted, and he gets censored, and he gets banned, and he's all, they're, they're just about to kick him out of Dalaran altogether from, you know, from being the highest place, but he just can't let go of this obsession. But then at this point, the Lich King uh, is up in Northrend, and he is trying to build his army. He's trying to create this plague of undeath that kills people and immediately raises them as undead under his control. And he's looking for people to powerful individuals to help because he is trapped. He is frozen up in a block of ice in Northrend and um, he kind of sends his consciousness throughout the world, seeking people kind of whispering them in their sleep. And so Kalthuzad, he gets these whispers that say, I can teach you all about necromancy. I can answer all of your questions. It's going to be great. And he just abandons Dalaran. He like heads up to Northrend and kind of gets more than he bargained for. Sees all of the really disturbing stuff, you know, undead plague, experimenting on live human subjects and stuff. But uh, he quickly gets over it, especially when he's told that there really isn't any other choice. He, there's no turning back now. And uh, he uh, is tasked by the Lich King with uh, improving the plague and spreading out the Eastern kingdoms and forming a cult to help him do it. And so that's what he does. He goes back to the Eastern kingdom, specifically to the really big, impressive kingdom of Lordaeron, and he disguises himself as a holy man. And basically he goes around preaching a new religion, saying, like, I'm going to uplift the uh, poor. You know, we're going to overthrow, uh, you know, your uh, your." and everything well it's all great and then he sucks the rich people in all the wealthy land by telling them by the way we're, we're actually totally just going to use those people to get you more wealth and power and you'll be immortal so it'll be awesome and so he just plays and <laughs> recruits a whole bunch of people in and hardly anyone knows what this is actually about um, it's only the most uh, devoted the ones that he detects he can really turn to darkness who are led in on the whole thing. And it's eventually called the Cult of the Damned. But so most of the people who are helping out with this have no idea what's really going on. And that is essentially the premise that the Hearthstone expansion is playing with. Because they're like, well, you know, a lot of people didn't know what was going on. Organization. What if that organization was a magic school? And Skullamance just looked like it was, you know, a place for people to go, and it was great, and then all the stuff was going on in the basement. So that is essentially, from a Hearthstone standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, so imagine people telling stories about this Kel'Thuzad guy and how he formed the cult. And in telling a tall tale, they're like, uh, oh yeah, and it was totally a magic school too. So that, that, that's right. kind of how that all fits okay. together right there. I just want to point out also and like big props to the art team because if you look at you compare the cards to the artwork in game 
they have, um, you know, they're not identical, but they have adopted so many um, similarities. Like even in this card here, he's got the giant, uh, you know, the shoulder pads. He's got the purple and gold robes. Um, he's, you know, it's got the, the the sleeves match up, and I mean, a lot of the things are very similar here. And so they definitely took his his more, you know, kind of curator um, appearance. And we do have some artwork here later where he um, is kind of more in uh, necromancer mode uh, with like the skull skull hat and uh, you know and, and all of that. Behind um, us, necromancer passion. Right, That's right, very right. Cool. Um, now, what uh, causes him to turn into a lich? I guess if we all can. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and and then I believe you also have the picture with the Lich King, right? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I had it for two seconds, and I will put it back here. Let me. Um... Who was the Lich King at this time? So the Lich King at this time was actually an orc named Nerzul who uh, had been attempting to uh, create portals. To, so that the orcs could escape their dying world to get to other worlds. Uh, problem was that the ritual that he performed kind of went out of control, and too many portals opened up, and it completely destroyed the world, it, like fractured reality. And that's what turned the world of Draenor into Outland. So that's actually the origin story for Outland as well. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, so so it's connected. Yeah, the, it's funny that the these two... Um, sets that we've had so far are kind of in the same general time frame, mm-hmm. um, but we'll get we'll get back to that in a little bit when we get to Torellian. But um, so essentially, Nerzul kind of escaped through one of the portals, but he was captured by Kiljaden, who was one of the big bosses of the demonic burning league, and he's like, "You have." totally mess things up uh you know you, what you're just trying to get away you're not trying to do do the job i wanted i wanted orcs to conquer azeroth you guys didn't do that so he basically uh kill, tortured and killed uh Nerzul and transformed his spirits into the lich king and sent him down to azeroth so that he could raise this undead army that would weaken azeroth so that they couldn't fight off another demon invasion the idea is, you know, you just you just clear out all of the resistance first so you can swoop in without a problem. And that's where actually there were several dreadlords who were the Lich King's jailers. And one of them is Malganus. So you know the card Malganus uh-huh. from well, of course, uh, if you if you play in Warlock and Wilds, you definitely know the Malganus card. Love me some Malganus. Yep, and he's one of the Lich King's jailers here. And he's just like, um, Lich King is basically a disembodied spirit trapped in some armor that's frozen in the block of ice at this point. Mm-hmm. And he wants to conquer Azeroth with his undead army. He also really wants to not be a slave to the Legion anymore. And so he's trying to play all the different sides here. Uh, he's trying to trick the Dreadlords into... Uh, like, you know, thinking that his plans are really their ideas so they don't see what he's really doing. Actually, Kalthuzad is a very key part of this because Kalthuzad 
uh, is the only person the Lich King reveals his ultimate plan to. And and he he's loyal. He's like, no problem, Lich King. Yeah, I'll, when you decide to rebel against the demons here, I'll totally have your back. Um, and that's... Oh. Yeah, see, he, he's the closest thing that the Lich King has ever had to, like, a true friend. Uh, very, uh, very, very loyal. So, nice. essentially, so essentially what happens is that, you know, um, with the Scholomance experiments and uh, Kel'Thuzad actually finishes developing his plague. That's also where the first abominations are invented, by the mm-hmm. way. So you all, all the abom- like ticking abomination and sludge belcher and all that stuff. They were all invented in Scholomance by hacking apart dead bodies and sewing them into these horrifying monstrosities. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just imagine, like, an adventure convention. Uh, you're like, Edison, I invented... Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, I invented the telephone. Kel'Thuzad, I invented the abomination. <laughs> now, now here, here would be something funny if if all the abominations were like Pokemon and they can only say their voice lines or their own name. <laughs> Like, no. like, like, for example, like, if you run into Sledge Belcher, all he can say is, what, what, what does he say? He's like, I feel funny or something. What does he say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just all they say. Is, oh, is that's so line. funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, so what is a lich? I, I mean, I assume it's, you know, Kel'Thuzad is now undead, but there are more than one lich, right? Uh, that is correct. I mean, uh, we we will see, but were actually orcs that were with Nerzul, and when he was transformed to Lich King, liches. But essentially, a lich is just a very powerful uh, undead sorcerer, very you know, uh, highly skilled in necromancy, and so it's 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 about one of the most powerful. They have and a very so- interesting kind of appearance, though. Like, I don't know, like they almost look. Um, I don't know. Like they have this big crest behind them and everything. Like almost like a, like it almost looks Egyptian to me. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, just sort of the the basically their version of the necromancer robes that they would have worn in life. Probably like a status type of thing hmm. or something. Okay, guess they don't get mistaken for ske- ordinary skeletons <laughs> and you know just just from an art perspective because it looks really cool it looks super i mean that, that's cool. the way warcraft works i mean no one is really going to fight with huge shoulder blades right you know? <laughs> <laughs> those, those shoulder pads giant so shoulder pads cool. giant shoulder pads are like the are like the uh um I don't know. Like that's that is a classic World of Warcraft. I mean, that is um, it's it's iconic. Like claim to flame, yeah. I, very iconic. Yes. So essentially, the way that Kel'Thuzad ended up becoming a lich is that um, the the Lich King decided that he needed a champion uh, in order to help lead the scourge and would also help him to break free of the Burning Legion's control. And his eyes were set on Arthas Menethil, uh, who is, if you might recall, is the character, uh, the hero that you can unlock for Paladin by defeating the Lich King in the solo content with all of the classes. Mm. And, well, except for Demon Hunter now, because it wasn't a thing then. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so he was a Paladin. He was the Prince of the Kingdom of Lordaeron. 
And uh, he was, you know, really going out to fight against this undead scourge in order to uh, protect his people. And the the idea was that they would uh, kind of drive him mad and corrupt him. And uh, Kel'Thuzad had an important part to play in that because uh, he was the one who faced Arthas in battle and kind of revealed that, oh, you think you're, you're, you're getting rid of because you're killing me uh malganus is my boss there you're gonna want to get malganus but you know before he dies and then arthas goes and pursues malganus because he thinks he's the one in charge of it and he chases him all the way up to northrend and it's there that the lich king corrupts him by tricking him into uh using the sword frostmorn uh Yes, Frostmourne, very important, uh, almost like a part of the Lich King himself. And through that, Arthas becomes the first of the Scourge's Death Knights. So that, like many you said, is Terengorfin the first Death Knight. It depends on what you mean. He was technically the first of a certain kind of Death Knight, but that type of Death Knight was made by infusing the soul of a powerful warlock into a dead human. Um, these Death Knights are just the the risen, uh, necromantically empowered and corrupted uh, knights or paladins or whatever. Uh, you know, they're killed and then they're raised up and they're shackled to the Lich King's will. They don't really have any independence. They uh, they just want whatever the Lich King wants automatically. Okay. And so Arthas becomes the first of those Death Knights. And his task is to go and resurrect Kel'Thuzad as a lich, uh, because mm. they need him to perform this summon in order to bring members of the Burning Legion into Azeroth. And this is all stuff that happens in the Warcraft 3 game. It's part of the big story campaign and everything. So, yeah, Arthas goes and he... Uh, gathers up Kel'Thuzad's remains. Uh, he also has a fight with Uther, uh, who is, of course, the default paladin hero, and was actually his teacher growing up. And uh, then he kills Uther. And then he takes the uh, remains of Kel'Thuzad to the city of the High Elves, what will eventually be known as the Blood Elf. And essentially... Uh, they have this thing called the Sunwell, very powerful magical. F- and we need to get to that and put Kel'Thuzad in that in order to resurrect him as a lich. And this is where Sylvanas Windrunner comes in because on the way to do that, she is uh, one of the people who is trying to stop him from breaking in. And Arthas kills her and raises her up as a banshee. So that's actually her origin story. Um... But at any rate, Kel'Thuzad gets risen up as a lich and then eventually goes to, uh, keeps on helping out Arthas as a death knight. And he, well, eventually Arthas merges with the lich king. So he kind of becomes the second lich king and Kel'Thuzad takes over Naxxramas. That's when Naxxramas comes into play. And the interesting thing about liches is that liches are immortal so long as they have what is called a phylactery, basically this container that their souls are bound to. And so long as that uh, that phylactery remains intact, 
they they can be killed, but then they'll just come back eventually unless someone destroys it. So this in the Naxxramas raid, which is another thing that there was a classic version and then there was a version that came along later. So two different Naxxramases. Kel'Thuzad has been killed as the final boss in both of those, but his phylactery has never been destroyed. So technically, lore-wise, he is still out there. Um, I believe he's actually hmm. going to play a role in the Shadowlands expansion, uh, exploring the afterlife in the next World of Warcraft, which oh, is, cool. would be really cool. So, yeah, so Kel'Thuzad, there's a chance potentially... So yeah, he has yeah, that's that's probably the longest individual story that I'll be telling here. That yeah, he 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 has a, a really big role to play in all. Very cool. Okay, well that is Kelthuzad. So now we start getting into the instructors, if you will. So mm-hmm. uh let me pull up Race Frost Whisper here. Yeah, this is an interesting story, just based on my very limited research. So uh, clearly you can see in Warcraft that uh, he appears as a lich. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of this, Goliath? So, yeah, so so what the, um, what the Skolomance Hearthstone expansion is doing is for several characters that, whether they be uh, significant uh, bosses in a dungeon or bosses uh, without very much lore, um, it's very interesting. These cards are the first uh, hints, the ideas that we get of what they looked like when they were alive. So since there's nothing contradicted, as far as I'm concerned, these images are what they looked like canon unless something comes along to say, no, they looked differently. Sure. But um, Race Frost Whisper was one of the first members of the Cults of the Damned. Uh, he was what's called a hedge mage. He was basically an unlicensed practitioner because he didn't get his formal, formal schooling in Dalaran. So uh, he is, you know, very eager to join this Cult of the Damned. He's one of those people who is, you know, turned quickly and... Uh, you know, knows all the secrets. And he actually <laughs> is really excited to become a lich uh, because he, he literally commits suicide. He just takes a knife to his throat uh, for <laughs> the... What the uh, Yeah, he, the, <laughs> to get raised up as a lich. Hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, in some of the early graphics, they were a bit more... Um, graphic and uh, with some of the details about this stuff. Uh, nowadays, they t- even when it's something like uh, you know the the torments of the demonic burning legion and stuff, they don't really go into the details. Back when some of this stuff was written, they weren't all that shy about uh, about uh, going into that stuff. So, yeah, he uh, Ras Frost Whisper essentially. Uh, became the master and uh, guardian of Skolomance after Kalthuzad, you know, moved on. Uh, he graduated to Naxxramas and all that stuff. So Kalthuzad is no longer in charge of Skolomance. Uh, Ras Frost Whisper isn't the headmaster, but he's kind of the one in charge of everything and kind of the big security guy. Now, remember what I said about liches and phylacteries? Well, Ras is unique because he doesn't have a phylactery for some reason. 
maybe because of the circumstances under which he was raised. But essentially, uh, what you can, what you could do in the dungeon as part of the story is you went to the place where he uh, committed suicide and where he was raised as a lich, and some of his his soul essence still lingers there. And essentially, uh, you use that to turn him back into a human and take away his lich powers and immortality and then kill him permanently. Um, he's very unusual liches in that fashion. Um, and I find it interesting. He's, you know, it's, it's Frost Whisper. He has a lot of ice abilities. So I find it really fitting that they made him the dual class for mage and shaman, which both have the freeze type of cards. Oh, yeah. But they didn't give him any freeze ability. Well, that was so. a missed opportunity there. But um, what was interesting also, because in uh, not too distant past, uh, they had been giving shaman cards freeze abilities. Oh, missed opportunity. Freeze shaman. Right? Right? I, I'm, I'm convinced. Freeze shaman will someday be a viable file. Uh, not today, <laughs> but... Someday, I, I, I'm confident of it. It's at least flavor-wise, it's, it's too cool of things to pass up. Yes, we can always hope. All right, so yeah, you see him as his human form. It was really interesting. Uh, he uh, has very big arms. It's <laughs> <laughs> very typical of uh, yeah, be, of of Warcraft characters in general. There's but. only one basic human male model, and it's Beefcake. So. Yes. Uh, anyways, super cool. All right. So, uh, speaking of headmaster, uh, next up we have disciplinarian gandling. Ah, yes, gandling. So, gandling is uh, the one who he was actually uh, one of Ras Frost Whisper's pupils, and he's the one who essentially ascended to the position of headmaster. Uh, where he's known as Dark Master Gandling. Um, however, because the Skullamance expansion, the Skullamance Academy, is set before all of this happened, it's like, what would his rank have been at this point in time uh, before he graduated and moved up to being the Dark Master? And so to say he is the disciplinarian, he's the one who, you know, if the a failing student or, you know, if you're uh, maybe pulling pranks on the teachers or something, he is very strict where he kills you and raises you a lab experiment. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. With the card yeah. makes you a failed, a four, four failed student. That's great. So I have a yes. question. Uh, the artwork here. So I, I've got two different pictures of gandling from wow. And this first one, he's wearing kind of a blue color and black robes. And yes, then that, that's his classic model uh, back ah. before they remember the, they, they didn't have as, you know, good of technology for higher mm -hmm. res uh, clothing or, you know, very many different colors or things like that. So that's why he has that, that type of simpler looking outfit. He got but then upgrade. again, Skullamance is rebooted in a sense. And he actually, he survives and he is in both versions. Okay. There you go. So. Well, you see the other version, oh. the clothes like match the card art identically. It's great. Uh, they did such a good job. And we were, Goliath and I were chatting about this last night where 
at least to me on his Warcraft outfit, it, it I swear it looks like an Eye of Cthulhu. Yeah, like, on I'm his just staring area. at that right now. It looks exactly like that. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds like that is not any sort of lore element, right? But uh, yeah, it, uh, the the Twilight's Hammer is the cult that worships the old gods. Uh, actually, uh, interestingly, the old gods have a very difficult time influencing and controlling undead. So uh, actually, the the two forces are almost di- directly opposed. Interesting, because you you can't. Uh, corrupt and drive insane something that is already uh, already undead and shackled to the will of a necromantic being apparently uh. so, so yeah I, I I don't know whether they just kind of accidentally made it look like an Eye of Cthulhu or maybe there's some sort of uh, twist that they're going to bring in like 50 expansions down I don't know <laughs> but uh, as, as far as I'm aware there is no direct connection Okay, it is an interesting uh, observation that you had that I hadn't noticed before about his. But... This is another one that I was just so impressed that like, I, whoever the artist was, like straight up, the outfit like like completely straight out of the game, and um, for me in particular, like I'm like you, I've got both art books. Um, I absolutely adore them, and I have pre-ordered the third one as well. So, and in fact, if you pre-order it from Amazon, you get it for a lot cheaper. Um, it, at least I think I got it for like 20 bucks off or something. Oh, nice. Um, but anyways, I cannot wait until they do this set as, or the year of the Phoenix as a, an art book. It'll be a blast. Um, yeah, we're going to have to wait like three to four years for that though. Cause they're only just coming out with mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Raven and dragon and, will finally come along but yeah man hearthstone is so much beautiful art in that that's why I, I i just it's one of my favorite parts of the game honestly yeah yeah for sure uh okay so next up we have um the butcher himself uh dr krasnov oh yes so uh like i was saying before uh the Warcraft story uh, wasn't as much shying away from graphic details or, or at least implied images of things at this point. And Krastanov is potentially one of the most uh, disturbing uh, villains in Warcraft. And that's saying something because there's, there's big, um, you know, cosmic scale things, demonic armies, old gods that want to destroy the world and make everyone mad and all that stuff. But the the implication of the details on the torments that this guy put people through uh, is just very very disturbing. Uh, Basically, he was the head torturer. He was the one who supplied all of the body parts for the necromantic experiments. Uh Um, Actually, he he they would uh, catch the this household servants of the Barrow family in Skolomance and experiment on them. And it says things like, you know, we, the, the their ghosts uh, basically talk about the things that happened to them. And they say, like, he showed us pain that we did not know could exist. And we would have died in the first day if he hadn't kept us alive by magical means. And so it was essentially just 
keeping them alive artificially to continue tormenting oh, them. Crazy. And yeah. It's, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just collecting body parts and blood of the sand and all sorts of things that you need for, you know, your necromanding science project and stuff. He's the guy who retrieves that stuff. And he's known as the butcher and he, uh, he wields, um, you know, a butcher uh, knives uh, as a boss. And that's one of the, the core elements that they're tapping into for the flavor of the card here. Uh, he is also a character that appears in both of the versions of the Skullamance dungeon. So in this one, he is alive in the first one, although you can see in the card, he's even younger looking because time difference. And, mm-hmm. But then you, since you kill him in the first one, he's risen as an undead form by Gandolin because he's like, this guy was way too useful to just let him die. I'm going to raise him up so that he can continue <laughs> supplying me with body parts. I need that stuff. I need my science fuel. Uh, and so then in the second version, you fight him as an undead where he, I'm not, I'm honestly not certain which version of him looks creepier. Right. You know, I screwed up. I was going to craft him in gold before I opened my packs. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Just because I mean, looks like it slots into Odd Rogue pretty sweet, and it does. It looks pretty sweet, and I <clears throat> I forgot, and then I opened him. The second I opened him, I'm like, no, dang it, I forgot. Oh well, I'll probably still do it. I got so I opened this one in gold. <laughs> I got lucky. I got lucky. This was one of my three. So, um, yeah, this is cool. This is very cool. So when this guy is. Um, you know, is he butchering people that went into the castle, butchering adventurers or students or family? The the you said the servants or what well, is the uh, family servants were kind of and, and people in the village uh, surrounding the area um, who would you know be captured and brought in for that sort of thing. And then of course when adventurers come in, naturally he's fighting them off. He's a boss battle, but you know his primary thing is you know capturing you know uh, villagers and that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Nice. Hmm. All right. That's some crazy stuff. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so I'm, I'm actually really interested in the next one because the, so this is Lord Barov and the way my very limited understanding of the storyline is that the castle that became Skolomance used to be owned by the Barov family, right? They're this rich family. That is correct. And Whoa. so, and so they essentially got kind of, you know, gave their stuff over to Skolomance and then got like killed or whatever. I mean, you can explain it better than me. Oh, no. But that, yeah. but the Barov so, family so is pretty integral. The, yeah. So the, the story for the next three legendaries is a, a same story here. Um, so uh, Lord Barov is you know he, he's the leader of the family there there uh we lost you for a second you're you're, the... you're cutting out a little bit oh i'm sorry can you hear me better now oh yep yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so lord barov and his family are essentially the ruler they got a lot of wealth and power and all of that stuff and they control many of the surrounding areas but they kind of uh get that thing that a lot of um aristocrats in uh stories tend to do where they become a little too greedy uh you know like i want i want more power i want more wealth 
And mm-hmm. Kelty Zod is coming along and he's promising them all of that and immortality to boot. And they're like, sure, yeah, just uh, give us all that stuff you're promising and you can totally house as your base of operations. And, you know, they sign on to the steel, having no clue what they're getting into, like so many of the other people who were victims of Kel'Thuzad and the Lich King. And so, you know, even, uh, you know, all, all the stuff of the servants comes along. And eventually there's a period where Uther is scheduled to come and pay them a visit. But before that can happen, uh, Kel'Thuzad, basically, there's a little um, explosion of the plague, let's say. And everybody in the house is wiped out and raises undeads. There is no survivors. The entire Barrow family is turned into undead and shackled to the will of the Kel'Thuzad, the Cult of the Damned, and the Lich King. So, again, remember, they they don't really have... A spreading plague took over the family? Very nice, Mike. I hate playing against spreading plagues so much. <laughs> I hate that card with a Dude, passion. Void Ripper. I'm just glad Void that Ripper. they finally made it so it's one animation instead of At the least slow it's... torture of watching each scarab. Right. Form. That's what happened to the whole uh, Barrow family in one animation. Poof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, essentially. Can you imagine so... these guys turn their house over? Oh yeah, you can um oh this sounds pretty cool. We're rich and we wanna we wanna be immortal. That's pretty dope. Hey, you wanna um do this thing out of our house? And like <laughs> and then you see what, what Skolomance has turned into and it's Damn. it's a dungeon with ghosts and magic stuff and the butcher walking around like like uh that's not quite what we had in mind (laughs) (laughs) technically they got immortality uh just not what they were hoping for as death knights or what (laughs) well see lord barov was turned into a death knight um his uh wife and daughter who's to in just a little bit uh became ghosts i don't know specifically what the difference was that caused that like i said this stuff was written at a time when the Warcraft wasn't really putting a ton of story details into the game quite yet. It was still mm-hmm. in its early stages. Uh, so that's some information that we sadly just don't have the details on right now, unless they decide to uh, just uh, put in more information, uh, give stuff to us if they decide to revisit this in the story for whatever reason. Okay. But... So essentially, in the dungeon, um, you have to uh, kill or and uh, but then eventually the he once he is dead, once he's you know freed from being a death knight uh, by being killed, uh, his spirit sticks around because he realizes that this is really horrible. What's happened to my house? And I want every all these people out. So in the second version of Skullamance, uh, he actually helps to guide you uh, to cleansing his house. He's disguised as a uh, talking skull. I believe that we have an image of that. Oh, well. I did, forgot to load it up. I don't have it. I'm sorry. All right. Just just picture a, a floating talking skull. It's, it, it's, it's not anything too specific. Um but at any rate, so he that indicates that you know he 
he might have not been quite so eager in his support, the indication that, you know, he was very much tricked into this, that his service to the undead was very unwilling, but he had no choice because he's mind controlled by them. Um, and I think that's the sort of thing that they are trying to do in the um, Hearthstone card where he's younger and still alive. Um, he was he was not a paladin. Uh, it should be very clear. The paladin order was fresh at this point. There were only a, a few, you know, paladins around, and he was definitely not one of them. Huh. But I think that they're, by the flavoring, aside from the fact that they just need to have someone for each dual class set, uh, ketchup and mustard, as Mike has uh, made, coined the term for us, <laughs> uh, for this particular pairing, um, but essentially that, you know, I, I get the feeling that he was, he was probably overall, you know, a pre- pretty decent guy in that sense who was manipulated and controlled into uh, having to do this. And then once his spirit is free, then he wants to purge all the undead from his house. His uh, family members, however, don't appear to be quite so altruistic because um, one of them is uh, a boss in both of the uh, instances of the dungeon and seems to be even more sinister the second time around. So I have Ilusia up first. Does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, um, is this the daughter? No, she. This is, is actually his wife. Oh, this is the wife. Jandis okay. is the daughter. Gotcha. Okay, so Ilusia. This oh. is this is Ilusia Barov. So this is um, Lord Barov's wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And his name is Alexia. Alexia. Alexia Barov and Lady Ilusia. This is another example where you can see like very clearly the art from the game matches clearly the art from the card, like identically. Yep. So. Oh yeah, it is really cool. So essentially, you know, not much fresh backstory to give for these because it's the same, you know, story of the Barov. But uh, the thing about uh, her as a ghost uh, she is a master of shadow magic, and one of her key abilities in the dungeon is she can briefly mind control a player. So uh, the, the computer takes over and forces you to attack your allies that you're doing the dungeon with. And that's essentially the, the fuel for her deck swapping thing about, you know, I'm mind controlling your opponent's deck, and uh, you know now you control all the things that they play. Mind control uh, your tank, and your tank goes and kills your mage, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really good flavor, <laughs> yeah, though. Exactly. I mean, that's I think this is thing. this is a really <laughs> good example of how the lore in World of Warcraft matches up the Hearthstone. And like, if you hadn't known the story behind it or played the game, you wouldn't appreciate that. Like, that's such an interesting tidbit. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that, that that's something that really enhances season for me because you know especially when it's uh, a bit more of a, uh, a slightly more warcraft lore heavy theme uh like this or like ashes of outland um then you know i go oh are these characters going to be cards finally and then just the excitement of seeing you know uh if 
that particular voice line that they say or that ability they have is manifested as a Hearthstone card. For me, that that's that that really makes the the reveal season and the the waiting for it just super exciting to. For see me, I have the opposite experience of like when because I'm so much more used to Hearthstone. And then when I go and I play WoW and I hear a, like a voice line from Hearthstone, I'm like, oh, that's from Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like totally yeah, not yeah. true. But uh, that, that it's, it's, it's cool for me in like the reverse way. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, uh, as after Skullamance was announced, I saw this meme that someone posted, which said like uh, Warcraft players, uh, like you can't make a uh, happy, Skullamans, it's evil, and Hearthstone players. Hey, did you hear? I heard that there is this spin-off game of Hearthstone called World of Warcraft. Yeah, they made <laughs> like, they made a Hearthstone MMO. Like extreme ads of people on both games. That's know? hilarious. <laughs> okay, so this next game. one is also so now we have the daughter. Uh, right. Is so, this the Mage Legendary? Uh, this mage is the mage rogue. rogue. Yeah. Oh yeah, I opened this golden. Woo! And oh, Lord nice. Bearoff. Oh so nice. I got, yeah, I got her golden. too. I don't have her golden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so th- this cool is another brilliant example of the abilities that the character has and the boss fight uh, manifesting in a Hearthstone card. So Janice Verov. Uh, she was not only, you know, noble family, she was also a mage in Dalaran, very powerful one. And she essentially invented this spell, um, which is essentially mirror image, just like the, the, the spell for mage mirror image, the card. Um, mm-hmm. She basically invented that, uh, being able to create these duplicates of herself that, mm. you know, fought, mimic her mannerisms and look just like her. And it's really almost impossible to be able to pin her down. And that is a key ability that she has in her boss fight. And I just love how they manifested that in the card by making one of the minions that you summon essentially just an illusion that can be the wrong target for your opponent to attack in a sense. That, oh, it's just air. It just disappears as soon as you touch it. Yeah, the and, flavor is so good there. The art yeah. also is spot on. Like it is this the art is identical. And uh here's yeah. a picture from the game where she's using that ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the theme of the card matches so well. Like I I mean it would be different, I suppose, if they had, you know, summoned two copies of this minion. But I it would be difficult to do that without knowing which one was the illusion, maybe. I don't know. But the flavor is definitely here. Yeah. For me, um, I like so I like uh, how the card works. But what's really cool is something Goliath just said because he's not on the dev team. So the fact that she created basically the mirror image, you know, spell or the ability, I like the fact that when they made this card, they didn't make her summon two mirror images. They let her summon two five drops because obviously she's a five drop. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that that's where I caught once hey, once Goliath. That's said a that, really I good that. point. Yeah, she can summon herself, of course, but she's a five drop. You can find other five drops. So very cool. Thank you for explaining that part. She created this spell or this ability to duplicate. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and she's the one who's uh, she's actually 
uh, kind of got a promotion at the at Skullamance in between the two dungeons. So she's kind of more of a more of a minor character in the first instance of it. But then she started, you know, taking uh, more uh, responsibility and more authority and teaching all this illusion power to the uh, the necromancers at the school and everything. So she's a bit more of a uh, major boss to be reckoned with in the second version of Skullamance that you can play in Warcraft today. So it indicates that, you know, her her dad, you know, he, he died the first time and he's like, I got to, you know, cleanse everything. She, uh, on the other hand, sticks around and, you know, be upgrades in her rank to indicate that she might have been a bit more on the sinister side than her dad was, you know? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay. So, I mean, that's interesting. I didn't, I never realized there were two separate versions of Skolomads, and so it's interesting to see the character get kind of an upgrade in between. Uh, the next one is a little, is a little interesting. I mean, I think some of these have very little in the term of, of, uh, like lore, if you will, or very different mm-hmm. character in game versus in Hearthstone. Uh, so next, the next one up is Lorekeeper Polkelt, where the character in WoW has the same name, but drastically different appearance. Um, anyways, what can you tell us about this one? Very little, unfortunately. Um, this is a character that is essentially just a named mini-boss uh, with his title and implies that he's in charge of the library or something, and that at one point he knew a lot of stuff, um, very much like me. Lower uh, <laughs> uh, keeper shout-out. But, uh, you know, he's just a shambling zombie at this point. He's got a rotting brain. He probably has lost all of that info. I'm surprised if he would be able to comprehend what a Dewey Decimal System is at this point. Well, for for somebody uh, who doesn't have a lot of lore, it's a pretty solid card. The card is pretty good. I I mean, I guess the point is, though, this is... This is all of these characters in their prime, you know, many years ago exactly. at the academy, and so this is before his. Uh, he took an arrow to the head. It looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah, this picture. Yeah, this this a- looks like a like a rotting zombie. It does. Yeah. The the mm-hmm. rotting zombie. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Wild streamer. I love rotting zombies. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um and yeah and so this is actually something that I really like about Hearthstone can enhance warcraft lore because you know this guy was you know, there there's like no reason to remember for whatever reason you're particularly enamored with this mini boss fight for whatever reason but uh and and this again just in the first original classic version of the dungeon um but th- this idea of you know let's expand on this guy let's say let, let's give an idea uh, who he was, what he looked like, the sort of powers that he had through the Hearthstone card. And just the, the effects and the, the flavoring is really kind of lore contributing, in, I believe. Like I say, if, if there's nothing to directly contradict it, I'll consider the, the Hearthstone contributions to be canon because it's happened before with uh, Nazoth, for example, the depiction that they had for Nazoth, he hadn't been revealed yet in World of Warcraft. 
that was the first time we ever got to see what Nazoth looked like. Interesting. And it became the canon appearance. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, Nazoth was, uh, he was just a rumor, uh, a name that you sometimes heard and that people had theories about back by, when Whispers of the Old God card expansion came out. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time that the, the, the people who, the artist who designed that card yeah. uh, worked with the Warcraft team to determine what he would look like, because that would determine his appearance forever. And you know, now he, he was a big boss fight in Battle for Azeroth right now. And so we have the Hearthstone art to thank for the appearance he has in Warcraft. That's so with super that sort cool. of precedent, I say that why this could very well be what uh, Paul Kick looks like uh, when he was alive. Right. I, I am perfectly willing to accept that possibility. Well, well and the theme of it is very fun. Like, if he's the lore keeper, okay, he's in charge of the library, and then the theme of the card is mm-hmm. essentially, you know, take all your stuff and like s- sort it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, from he's reshelving the books, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> I love it. The, the thematically, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, and out of cards, we. Uh running joke at the moment because what one of our writers uh was predicting that uh this card would have a spell burst effect and he said i'll lead a shoe if it doesn't and so now we're all uh keep on nagging him to eat that shoe for us and his review of the <laughs> card is i hate this and maybe eat a shoe which is yeah, we, we we think it's really funny. At least. That's <laughs> funny. That's great. That's for us at the cards. All right. Next up, I have Professor Slate, who uh, looks very much Back to the Future uh, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they essentially took his uh, appearance. In- okay, what would this look like as a live? person right, uh, right. with the, the hairstyle and everything so again very much like uh the lore keeper this guy has no lore uh he is a named uh boss or mini boss in the original skullamance um actually uh I've, I've heard some people say that uh he's most likely named after professor uh, slave from the oh. Harry Potters oh. because oh, this guy Snape. is the potion master. Uh, oh. he, he, he's the alchemy teacher. It's so, like it, it's probably Heart of Warcraft loves to make name parodies off of yeah. other pop culture things. Well, and, and so, we'll get to one in a in a minute. But yeah, no, no, that's funny. So, so off of Professor Snape, we have Professor Slate. Snape, yes, Professor Sorry. Snape, yeah. the potions master. Yeah, 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 okay. exactly. Uh, that, that that's uh, that's a theory that I read on the Hearthstone wiki, and it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so essentially, this guy, he's um, you know, he 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 does potions. Uh, he uh, he he do stuff like kind of chug a potion that made him really big, kind of Jekyll Hyde type of thing. Mm-hmm. Though his Jekyll is already undead and really creepy, so not, <laughs> not much of a difference. But and uh, you know, like fire potions and uh but he also had a toxic one that would do you know toxic damage and make pools of poison pool at players feet i think that's the sort of uh aspect that they are incarnating in his card effect where he makes the spells poisonous 
Right. Well, and that's that makes sense why it would be a hunter card as well because they do some of that. Um, interesting. I've got one other picture for for him here as well, and so I'm not sure which one is from which version, but uh, yeah, definitely you see him undead with these big kind of vile things on his back. Um, mm-hmm. It matches the card art. Yeah, those quite are well. plague spreaders. Plague spreaders. Okay. Yeah, sort of like um, the the way that a lot of uh, undead spread the plague is kind of like you um, like like this backpack sort of thing, and then they spray it out of a hose uh, to contaminate an area. So that that's probably the sort of thing that he has that uh, he's wearing now. I'm looking at the Professor Putricide card art, and it yep. looks like almost identical to the WoW. Uh, yes character like it's is it's... it supposed to be the same character no uh not the same character um very similar though okay uh, same they, hair they, they same similar thing. this is something that again it can chopped up to the fact that the art and character models in the early stages were a little bit limited and so a lot mm. of the undead mad scientists looked the same uh you know you may notice that there's a very similarity to the mad scientist mm-hmm. the, the basic mad scientist card you know the i'll show them i'll show them all <laughs> uh, you know, the, he, he looks very much like that uh, it's just kind of the basic uh undead mad scientist play creator look that they like to use but they are all different characters gotcha okay okay Interesting. That car drives me nuts a lot of the time, by the way. Mad oh, scientist. Yeah. Yesterday yeah, somebody dropped is... two of them on the board at the same like one <laughs> turn and then the next turn. I'm like, ah, oh, really? Do I them <laughs> and just figure out the secrets or do I just <laughs> keep going face? Like And in wild it gets worse every expansion <clears throat> because larger pool of secrets and you don't know which one to be. You right? to play around them. <laughs> All right. Next up we have Vectus. Uh, again, this is he looks like he's undead in the game, but even here, clearly, like the armor is identical. Um, so, uh, trademark shoulder pads, and a lot of flavor in this one as well. It, some ties to like Black Rock Mountain oh, and yeah. the Welps this, and this stuff. This is one of my favorites. Black Rock. One of my favorites in terms of incarnating the whole story of this guy into his effect. So essentially. He is the the teacher in charge of creating undead dragons, the plagued dragon fights, oh. they call it. So basically what he did is uh, he smuggled or, or bought smuggled from other people who did it, uh, black dragon eggs from Black Rock Mountain. You know, where, mm-hmm. where Nether- Neltharian? Neltharian, yeah. eggs? Mm-hmm. Well, they got a hold of some of those, and Vector is uh, Vectus is the one who performs the experiments to turn them into undead, and he raises them uh, like somehow they they hatches undead whelps, and somehow they still grow into full uh, adult dragons, even though they're undead. I don't know exactly how that works, but mystical uh, magic world. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, you know, who who needs an explanation? It's magic. Uh, yeah. uh, honestly, if we could explain it, it probably wouldn't be as entertaining. Uh, but at any rate, <laughs> that's that that's 
that's his whole thing. And um, one of my favorites, he, he has some uh, some fun lines uh, in the dungeon because he. It is really fun in in the dungeons because they really lean heavy into the uh, into the fact that it's a school, you know, where there's headmasters and everything. And so he's mm-hmm. saying he's like, now on our last field trip class, we observed the behavior of how the plate dragon uh, flight will be able to consume a a fresh corpse, but only if you killed it in this particular gruesome way right in front of them. And like, like he, he's talking, like you know, uh, check our lab notes as we study uh, this plane dragonflight. And I, I, I just find it really funny how they're they're talking. They make him talk in such a typical teacher way about this horrific stuff. That's hilarious. I like it. It, it kind of reminds me of <clears throat> playing Portal, and the way the stupid guy talks to you the whole time with his his humor. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> And so these yeah. are the, the the card art for these is the whelp, right? The the little dragonling or right. the whelp from yes, the, the plagued whelp. And, and are these is it the same art as like the ones that come out when you play like Leroy Jenkins or um or is it no the, those are living whelps. Uh, these are undead. A whelp is basically just uh, the the first stage after a dragon hatches. They are a whelp, and then they grow up into a drake. And then eventually a full dragon. They, they have like a drake is kind of like a teenage dragon. Okay. And well, baby dragon. But uh, dragons wait, are also which, which they're, phase they're is very intelligent. Big, big old whelp. What step is that? Big old whelp. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say that's probably preteen dragon. Okay. Uh, okay. Probably a a spoiled overfed whelp. <laughs> got it. Hey, we My got some big old wolf fans here, so I, I gotta ask. That, that was, <laughs> I appreciate that question. Actually, that was that was good. The flavor here is super cool. Um, oh yeah, I, I I mean another like very very good example of how the card matches the lore. I mean, so so solid. Really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the thing is with you know since it's He's just developing the experiments at this point. You know, it's a bit more unpredictable the effect, and so they, they can have different death rattles to reflect that. You know? yeah. By the way, I I saw something um, on Twitter this week about this card. Somebody was asking, uh, and the devs, I think it was Core, somebody responded that um, the whelps mm. here are very similar to the the Undertaker card, the Undertaker, in that. Um, it it will only copy the death rattle of a card that has a like an inherent death rattle. Uh, mm-hmm. If the card gains death rattle by some means, it won't copy that. Yeah, It'll like just, ancestral spirit or whatever. Right, right, yeah. right. If it's something that says you know copy the death rattle of or whatever, like it's not going to work. Uh, like under Undertaker is a good example. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you take a card with a built-in Death Rattle, your Sludge Belcher or whatever, it could copy that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, super cool. I love the Ghost Rider, like, Flaming Skull thing. I would like to know if they ever would make Undead an actual tribe in the game. That'd be rad. I severely doubt it. I kind of hope they don't because there would be so many debates about whether this card should be qualified Undead or not. 
And oh. you know, many cards that are would fall into that are already part of other tribes. Then you'd have cards that Bone well, Drake. The question is, sh- should we have two tribes in the same card? Mm. Um, and it's you know, it's uh, ghosts and zombies and all. all there, there's so many different kinds of undead. Well, do you remember, remember when they? Do you remember when they changed the art for the spectral grizzly or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it used to be like a, a ghost, but then it it had a beast tag, and so there was some kind of in debate on like, well, is it a beast? Because it's like a ghost. How can it be a beast? And so they just changed they the art. They removed the beast from spectral charger oh, for a very similar. Okay. Reason. Okay. Yeah. But now with one of the new cards, you know, with the. Uh, was it flying fish or whatever it's called? The Murloc on the broomstick. Or um, Ghostlight Angler. It's, it's it's ghost. You know the one it, it dies. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's a ghost card version of it, mm-hmm. and that ghost still has a Murloc tag. So a oh, ghost fishy, is not a Murloc is still a Murloc. It's hmm. honestly b- very confusing. And uh, I, I think that if if they were to make an undead tribe, it would way too many problems with uh, what to do retroactively. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, so... Actually, another article that I am within the next month or so talking about all of the different types of undead and stone cards. So there's so many different varieties. That's another project that works at the moment. Yeah, the, the ghost light angler is already a murloc. And without even having to die, and it it's that two two with two with echo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, already, ghost, it's yeah. already a ghost, and it's a murloc, and they never changed that one. Hmm. This uh, is what I, I've heard people refer to Hearthstone in this uh, as consistently inconsistent. Yes, that's true. That, and wording on cards and stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, I mean they 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 try to simplify, but then like in Rage, they got rid of, which was kind of weird to me. And now they just say when it's damaged, it gets plus one attack or plus some attack. Like, okay, I liked the keyword for that one, but yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, I'm gonna just keep us moving along because we're running a little bit long, which is fine. But uh, uh, next up, we've got Rattlegore, um, the uh, warrior legendary here. Right. So Rattlegore is uh, what is essentially. Uh, he is. Wait, so, I'm sorry. You like, you cut out real quick. What it, what is he like a, a bone golem? He's or called something? a bone golem. Okay. So he's basically made out of bones, just like how a giant or an abomination sewing muscle and flesh together and everything. A bone golem like Rattlegore is made by just uh, putting together bones and animating it. Uh, and also, he has like uh, sharp sides or something on his uh, as his hands. And he was essentially, you know, created as a weapon uh, to release against the enemies of Skull of Manson, the Cult of the Damned, and all of that. And he was defeated at a place called Anderhall. Um, and then, but then Gandling decided to, uh, you know, recreate him even stronger than before. And so he's another boss that is in both instances of the Skull of Manson. And very easy to do so because you literally just rebuild him, right? <laughs> Which right. is the idea behind his uh, his effect that he gets rebuilt or something. Though it's kind of in reverse because 
the version in the card, it keeps getting weaker. <laughs> Whereas lore wise, he's supposed to be re- rebuilt stronger. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's a missed opportunity there. I think it would have been like they could have been a five mana five five. That, you know, gets you know, or gets put back in your hand as a six mana six six. I don't know. I mean, I understand. Kind of like the pyros, in a yeah, sense. pyros, like pyros, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they already did it. I mean, it, it works. It works. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that there's that there, and I I appreciate that. You know, they're working what they can, but you y- you have to keep mechanics in too. I do understand that as much of a a lore focused junkie as I am. Yeah. Okay. When next... I first saw this, uh-huh. it reminded me real quick of uh, Skull Greymon. I know it's a Digimon, but. They look almost identical, bro. I'm telling you guys. Oh, I'll that's funny. Oh, yeah, nice. Put it in the chat. That'll be cool. Uh, the next one up has very little lore, it sounds like. or some. There's, I think, some confusion here. So the card is Archwitch Willow. Now, when I search the yeah. image on Google Images, like you, f- you find art for it, but Goliath, you're saying it's a different character. Is that correct? Yes. So this is something that I was a bit... First, because the uh, the the person who had the official card reveal in the art, they said that uh, this is the the same as this uh, character in World of Warcraft, and so that's what I wrote about in the article. Uh, but then we actually got a clarification in a uh, tweet uh, from one of the Blizzard devs um, that said that no, they were actually not the same character, and oh. so. Uh, I, I left it, it's still up there in the article, what I wrote, um, but we have a note that says, uh, please note, uh, this is not the character that we originally thought it was, so keep that in <laughs> mind when you read this. Um, and then that's when I also got the confirmation about Fireheart, who we'll get to in oh. it, um, and then added her in. But essentially, yeah, so this is actually, Archwish Willow is a Hearthstone original character uh, who specializes oh. in teaching uh, demonology uh, to the, the students at Skullamance, uh, which okay. is, you know, her flavor, you know, about summoning the demons from your hand in your deck. Um, yeah, so initially thought that she was this character who uh, is a quest giver, who is a member of the Twilight Samer and serves the old gods. Uh, but as it turns out, they are actually not the same person. That's cool, though. I like when Hearthstone does that. And they've done that with a few characters now. and Yeah. Turn them into something cool that WoW was actually put in the game. So that's neat. Yeah, it's kind of neat. What did they do? Weren't there some like the League of Explorers or something like that? Yeah, like, yes, the League of Finley. Explorers are now in World of Warcraft. But they started in Hearthstone. That's correct, right? That is correct. That's, that's super cool. cool. I like that. Mm, me too. Very cool. All right. Who is up next? Okay, and so we've got Instructor Fireheart. And I think, like you were saying, this is a really interesting idea here because the lore and the card are like, they're they're different, but they synergize. I don't know. I'll let you explain it. Yes. Yeah, so so I, we had it confirmed. Uh, I'd heard it. So from from uh from blizzard dev that uh this is the living version a boss in skullman's called instructor chillheart so you know uh in life she was fireheart uh but at liches tend to 
have a special uh, potency for frost magic and freezing things. It's kind of one of the big themes, especially, you know, Lich King is up, you know, uh, on the frozen throne up in Northrend. It's kind of a big thematic thing for them. Um, But so, yes, um, one of her big things is that she... Uh, is uh, she, she when she goes into her phylactery as a lich, uh, she uses spells around the library to cast other things in the party. And I think that's probably the sort of thing that the uh, card is trying to reflect the you know, discovering and using all of these different kinds of spells. Uh, one of my favorites is one of the books that she uses to cast fire spells is called Antonidas's Guide to Standing in Fire. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you, you, you've heard that you know what? don't stand in the fire stuff which I, I i find that to be absolutely hilarious yeah um and so for her yeah unlike Kel'Thuzad, you know she 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 had a flattery that was right there and that one got destroyed in the fight so she is a lich that is gone for good at this point in the story um because she was careless enough to leave her flattery out in the open where people could kill her for uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a boss fight. I can't explain it. I like <laughs> the flavor here, the though. That it, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool, right? Just you're alive as a fire mage or whatever, uh, or fire heart, and you, as a lich, chill heart. Like, that's clever. It's just really clever. Yeah, it is. That is very cool. All right. Let's see. What is up next? Um, oh, here. Talk about lore, lore here. I think you've got quite a bit with uh, – we have Torellian. So this yeah. – I, and I liked what you had to say. For anybody that hasn't had an opportunity, you've written an article for Out of Cards. There's a, a, a link to it in our Discord. Um, but uh, I think you were saying that this is one of the – strangest choices to be a instructor at Scholomance because like if anybody was ever a paladin from like the, you know, pure good perspective, like this is the dude. And so having him be an instructor at like the evil magic Academy uh, seems very strange. But then again, this is Hearthstone, right? And this is like the whimsical and like, he's like, Hey, he's the good one upstairs and Kel'Thuzad is the bad one in the basement. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Yes, yeah, so I, I guess from, from that standpoint, you argue that it's demonstrating how well he's fooling everybody that even Trillian doesn't suspect something or whatever. But the uh, the big reason that this doesn't fit in is because lore-wise, Trillian isn't around while Skolomance is a thing. Because uh. I said that there were just uh, a few main paladins at this time. Torellian was one of those first. He was a founding member of Silver Hand. You know, every time you summon a Silver Hand paladin, that's the uh, the original order of the very first paladins that were formed specifically to combat those death knights uh, that I talked about way back in the beginning, mm-hmm. like Terran Gorfing. They're, mm-hmm. you know, having all this powerful death magic. And so, like, we need to form some knights who have holy magic that can counter that. And that's where the paladins came from. And right. so Terrell, uh, he, he was around for all of that stuff. 
And yes, we, we can see that picture is actually taken from the uh, the volume two of the Chronicles about uh, the, the formation of the Alliance. He was very forming the Alliance himself, too. Um, but so the thing is that Torellian was one of those people who led a strike force uh, back when that explosion happened that shattered uh, Outland. And uh, he was trapped on Outland. Uh, he was on the other side. He couldn't get back to Azeroth. And what essentially happened is that he and Alaria ended up getting recruited by the Army of the Light, which is essentially this cosmic army that's uh, trying to fight the Burning Legion across the universe. And so they were off, you know, doing that and presumed dead by everyone uh, for a really long time until the Legion expansion. So at the point where Skullamance is a thing in the story, Torellian actually isn't on Azeroth. He is off fighting a space war, and everyone <laughs> thinks that he's dead. So even more than having... I mean, you, you have to have a Paladin legend because you, you need to complete a Hearthstone set. Right. The so Hearthstone the space war set. I know, right? Yeah, I, I want them to make a burning. Uh, expansion to have the really cool, uh, even more of the important demons as cards and some of the Army of the Light stuff, and uh, it would just be awesome. And it would be. I'm down to, to play right some Quest Mage in space. Let's hey, go. there you go. Yeah. Hey, so <laughs> he is married to Illyria, right? That is correct. And then we're Illyria. so we're talking Illyria, Windrunner, sister of Sylvanas, alternate hunter, uh, art portrait. In Hearthstone. Yep, and Verissa Windrunner is sister, who is the hunter legendary uh, from the Rise of Shadows. Very so, yeah, cool. They, 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 they're, all, they're all one family. That's so, yeah. pretty cool. So then we see him also in his um, in his space armor here. Yep, that that's his light forged uh, space armor, essentially, <laughs> and it looks really what? badass. And that, that, that's my hope that you know his his thing doesn't really make much sense here. I think that they just really liked the sound of Torellian the Tenured and put him in purely because of that. But um, we've had characters that have had multiple cards before. And that space uh, version of him could be an excellent way for them to put in a slightly more accurate, more lore accurate version in the future. Looks Um, like he ran into the Protoss and got some sweet armor. Right. (laughs) I was going to say, or what it kind of reminds me of a little, a little bit, like I was playing a lot of Diablo for a while. And when you meet like the angels, uh, or the Seraphim or whatever in Diablo, they all have this kind of like space looking armor kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. I like it. It looks like that we're having a little have- bit of, it looks like we're having a little bit of trouble with the stream. So if it drops, uh, that's why we record a nice digital high res version of this for YouTube. Ah, so excellent. we should be back oh, up yeah. moment momentarily. But in the meantime, what up YouTube? Um, it looks like we only have one left. 
right. which is Infiltrator Lillian. Um, and I think mm-hmm. what this is uh, funny to me because we had talked a little bit earlier about um, sometimes Warcraft taking their names from other, you know, play play on words on other things. But like, um, let's see, we have inf- uh, let's see, Infiltrator Lillian and Lillian Voss uh, is like a total ripoff of uh, Magic the Gathering. Lillian, what is the last name? Do you guys play Magic at all? I have attempted a couple different times, but I am very used to the nice, simple instructions on Hearthstone cards. The All of the words and differences of Magic is too much for me to handle when I try it. Oh, a, I remember. It's, Vess, li- it's, right? it's Vess. Liliana Vess. Is a black, yeah. uh, like a necromancer, um, really powerful, like black magic user. I didn't know that in yeah. Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, look at it's Liliana Vess. It's uh, Planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought that was hilarious when I first saw this. Um, I didn't even think of that. You, Good call, it's, Nate. There you go. Yeah, but, I wouldn't have got that. I I tried to play Magic when it was new and I was a kid. And uh, me too. Was, it was too. It was too much for me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I had a friend who gave me a deck, and he had a deck, and he was just destroying me. Like, I don't get this. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> oh, see, he failed you because he should have gave you his deck so you could have all the cool combos, so he could have brought you in instead of just like trashing you. Oh yeah, no, that's your... exactly what he did. He probably gave me some garbage, right? Yep. <laughs> 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 Damn. But yeah, so Lillian Voss is this major um, player in uh, Undead Forsaken storylines, If uh, particularly if you are uh, if you play an Undead character in World of Warcraft. Um, and this card, Infiltrated Lillian, the first shot that we get as to what she looks like when she was alive. So especially since she's such a major one, I think that's particularly exciting for her, even more so than a lot of the others that we get there first, what they looked like when they were alive. So you yeah. may notice that she's wearing a very particular uh, kind of armor, uh, a very particular uniform there. Uh, that is the uniform of the Scarlet Crusade. Um, the Scarlet Crusade was this uh, kind of splinter faction off of the Silverhand Paladins that was very dedicated to eradicating the undead. Um, only problem was they kind of got infiltrated by a... killed the paladin who was in charge and, uh, and like, possessed his body. And so when they thought that they were taking orders from this noble paladin, they were actually taking orders from a demon who was manipulating and corrupting them. <laughs> Damn. That basically, yeah, they, they kind of ended up uh, being a bit on the xenophobic side, uh, suspecting that anyone, uh, anyone might potentially be carrying the plague of undeath. Uh, whether they looked like they were sick or not, especially non-humans. And so kind of very, very ostracized by the rest. Like, you know, everyone wants to, you know, all the paladins, the alliance, everyone distance themselves 
from the Scarlet mm-hmm. Crusade because they, they are like the worst stereotype of Inquisitors that you can possibly have. And they're a core enemy that you fight as a uh, forsaken in some of the starting zones and work. Interesting. Lillian was, yeah, she was uh, raised uh, by her, her father who was uh, a high priest of the Scarlet Crusade. And so she was trained throughout all her life. Her, her entire childhood was dedicated to uh, mastering ways to fight the undead. She learned stealth. She learned uh, martial arts. She learned sorcery. Uh, all of this different stuff to make her this, you know, ultimate uh, fighter. And so at this point, you know, where she's still alive, she's still working with this crusade. You can tell from the title, Infiltrator Lillian, that, you know, they they, they may be crazy fanatics, but they, sus- that for once, you know, they say it's not paranoid if you're right. Uh, well, in this case, they happen to be right. They're like, there's something going on with all of I just know it. And everyone else is probably like, dude, you're crazy. It's just a nice magic school. You're just doing your fanatic stuff. But like, no, we're we're gonna infiltrate that school. We're gonna we're gonna prove there's something going on there. And for once, they're actually right. That's and funny. Like well, and the death rattle is is very on point too because you yeah. know she dies, she comes back as a as an undead. Uh, and mm-hmm. the stealth is very on point as well. Like thematically, very very solid card. Agreed. Yeah, so that that that's kind of the the, the core of uh, her stuff there in that card. Um, and then the the kind of opponent is that after after she's resurrected as a Forsaken, um, well, for one, she she uh, kills her dad uh, because. He, he uh, is like, you know, we, we said that we would kill all dead. You're an undead now. I'm sorry. It's just the way it works. And she's like, <laughs> no. And so then she murders him and, and decides to dedicate, you know, to destroy the Scarlet Crusade. Um, and she actually helps in killing High Inquisitor White Mane. So, you know, that, that legendary card. Oh, um, so, okay. Which is why, uh, if you recall from the Uther the Ebon White Mane is one of the horsemen that you can summon. Oh. That, that's what happens after she gets resurrected as a Death Knight later on in the story after Lillian Boss helps to kill her. Holy and cow, then, that's crazy. And then Lillian also leads the charge in that second Purge of Skullamance in the rebooted version. So she's, you know, going to, uh, she's leading the charge of the party against uh, Dark Master Gandling and uh, the rebuilt Rattlegore and all of that stuff. Although she actually gets temporarily mind-controlled by Gandling because, you know, she's undead and he's a necromancer and controlling the undead is kind of his thing. Uh, and so then you have to fight her briefly before she is snapper out of it. Um, you see, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a core aspect that she, she has a part to play in the School of Man's dungeon itself as well. That's cool. That is so cool. Well, that is the last card that we have as far as lore goes. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us and, and getting to talk about all these. I think the timing, again, is so good um, for, you know, the set just come out. Everything is so new. We're kind of all experimenting with uh, the cards. But, like, getting to know the whole background and how it fits in um, has been a really neat experience. So, Oh, I learned oh, so much. I'm going to... I'm gonna have to listen to this episode twice. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, like no, this that, is thank a thank you so much. This is a treat for us, I think. And now I I I was not um aware of you earlier and I wish that I was, but now I get the pleasure of going back and reading your older articles. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that as well. Um I'll start with Ashes of Outland and and I'm looking forward to your new Kelthazad article coming out. So that'll be a lot of fun. Thank and, you. Uh, we may have to we may have to um snipe you from time to time when these new sets come out to do one of these. Yo, I was gonna oh, suggest I would, that. I would love that. Oh, yeah. that'd be so that'd be awesome. I think this uh, may be the start of a new tradition here. I think um as long as you're okay with it, man, okay. I think this would be fun. Yeah. So I would look forward to it. That that would be a new That'd be super cool. Well, we like, would ooh, love it. I can uh, talk about this. I'm to be wild now. When, yeah. when did you write your first uh, article for Out of Cards? Yeah. I've been writing for Out of Cards for about a year now. I started, uh, oh. my first article was about the Tolvir uh, in between when Saviors of Old Doom still awaiting the uh, Tombs of Terror to be announced. Okay. So, the okay. Next, so I started writing about uh, some of that stuff. I've written about the uh, dragon aspects. I've written about Dalaran, uh, Karazhan, uh, Ilid- the entire story of Illidan Stormrage and the Illidari. Um, we've got a whole bunch of different topics. And if you ever have anything, uh, you guys and anyone watching the stream or the recording here, if you ever have any topics from Hearthstone that you particularly want a lore uh, article about uh, feel free to go to one of my articles or one of the forums that we have in out of cards and uh, ask for uh, it su- suggested as a topic. I'm always looking for new things that yeah. people really can learn about. Very awesome. cool. Oh, one thing I'd like to say is quick shout out to flux from out of cards because that guy has put in a lot of work on that website. Yeah. Oh, yes. I agree. And- yeah, like he from he's from amazing. the the Hearthbone uh, legacy. Oh and, yeah, and, he, and he's created out of cards and done a lot of work. Uh, and I'd like to say, yeah, shout out to that guy. Absolutely, I was very nervous when um, when Flux split with Hearthbone, and yeah. I was worried that you know Hearthbone has been around for such a long time. Like, is this new website going to take off? Like, that's a that was a really difficult choice. Um, and it had to happen. I mean, for a lot of reasons, and I I understand that. Um, but I'm just very happy that it went uh, the direction that it did. I know that he was wanting creative control and to get out from under the, um, you know, uh, the the powers that be. And um, yeah. Anyways, I'm just very happy how it all how it all turned out. And so yeah, big props to Flux, and we're we're big fans for sure. So you're. Uh, Doing good work, working with good people. So excited, excited for that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, me too. Hey, um, for me, uh, my favorite ones so far have been catching up, reading the, um, the articles about the primes. That is a great one right there. Oh, yeah, those thank primes. you. Yeah, you know, reading the backstory on that, I was like, I wish. I'm glad people like you, or you specifically exist, um, and that you post in our <laughs> Discord. But it's too bad the company. You know, they don't have someone who does what you do for them, but I'm glad that you're doing it because reading the backstory on these characters kind of make you want to play more. Yeah, yeah, it's if really interesting. If you're watching, I am looking for a job, so. <laughs> hey, you heard that, Cora? Songbird. I secretly <laughs> think that, that it's the job of some Blizzard intern to, like, wa- like listen to all the podcasts and, 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 and like, let the bosses know what we're talking about. 
Oh, totally. It, no, it's got to. It's got to happen. It's, gotta it's happen. not. It's, it's not some paid employee, but an intern for sure. I'll take that. <laughs> hey, go listen you to. Know, I, I think that it's hilarious that this is the very first expansion to be announced after I graduated from college. Like I just finished college, and then it's a themed expansion. Right? Oh, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Very cool. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, I wanted to chat about just real briefly, like kind of what decks that we've been playing. I mean, the expansion has been out for one day. So for those of you watching live, (laughs) for those of you listening later, um, or watching this later, like there is no established meta. Um, I, you see people, you know, spamming pirate warrior and secret mage and, and the old archetypes for, for easy wins. But like these new decks, what have you guys been, I asked you guys ahead of time, like what, Hey, maybe each of us can bring a deck and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but just to say, Hey, what have we been goofing around with? And so, um, I have them, I don't know what order they're in here, but first I have Corbett's Kingsbane rogue that Hydra was playing. Yeah. So I, I saw a little video that he made and he, he basically called it the most aggressive low curve nonsense he could think of. (laughs) <laughs> okay um and i was like sure let's try that so it's it's kingsbane rogue but uh he's got a like it's it's full of zero drops and one drops and two drops all the way to the very end where there's only as four drops there's dread corsairs in uh and <laughs> in tinker sharp sword oil at the very end like that's it that's it well secret like, passage because secret passage only costs one like mm. you know the chance of you being able to draw a bunch of cards drop them all on the board and then immediately reload your hand like it yeah. just seems crazy powerful one thing yeah. i was the doing with passage animation that's so cool the animation's so cool where you go off one side and then co- the cards come back on the other side yeah it's yeah that's rad. definitely yeah I, I was right taking a, a little bit of a risk with that, and um, it because sometimes I'd end up with a handful of nonsense. Like I'd have a couple of counterfeit coins and like a backstab or whatever, and I would just like coin, counterfeit coin, counterfeit coin, secret passage. So I knew I'd have like a bunch of mana going into whatever I got, and then so you get a handful of pirates and just like throw everything on the board. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even know what I was gonna get. I'm like, but I get to see how much mana I can have. Damn. Like before I like get five new cards. And That's so hilarious. I, That's yeah, yeah. And it, sometimes it works. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes you get trash. But uh, no, it was it was it's fun. I I don't know if this is the way the deck is gonna end up being. Uh, but it it was really cool to try. And I don't know I went. I don't know. I played like ten games, and I think I went. I was around seventy percent high sixties, something nice, like that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Like it wasn't bad for trying a new deck. I mean, like I said, it's super low to the ground, and you could just flood the board super early. So, so it was pretty good. That's cool. It looks like he may Corbett may have changed the list up, and I think that's going to happen, right? When we're so, um, we're so early in the meta. Like the, these are all experimental decks. I mean, this is not something that i was gonna say hey go we recommend hey play all this stuff like nobody knows what to play right now just go have fun oh god don't yeah by the way yeah don't i don't recommend like if you're missing cards don't go craft a bunch of stuff right now i mean or do whatever but the meta is not going to be solved for a little while 
So um, if I, I have to say a statement opposite of these guys, if you're my THL opponent for this upcoming season, please craft all the cards. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to get. I need you to get that slow start. Thank you. There we go. Uh, so the next deck I have up is this Soul Shard Q block that I got from Goliath. Uh, it looks kind of like a like a normal Q block build with the Soul Shard cards thrown in, which actually seem really pretty strong here. Yeah, I uh, I got this from an uh, Alpha Core deck list. I believe that said that uh, Ben. Actually, uh, designed this particular one, which would explain why there is no Nazoth in it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you say Ben from work? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, that makes sense. God, I love, we love it. you, that's, Ben. We love you. That's um, funny. Yeah. So I, I, I just uh, you know, uh, was looking for you know for, for me is uh, there's a lot of key legendaries for Wild that I don't have yet, so I'm often very limited on what deck lists I can actually use. But the thing is that I've Warlock has been one of my favorite classes for a while, and there was a period where I just wanted to get every single Warlock card. So I have a lot of crafted Warlock legendaries, whether uh. I consider them useful or not. So when it comes to Warlock decks, the odds are a lot better that I'll be able to give it a shot. And honestly, I was just really interested in wanting to test out the soul shard mechanic because i'm sure a lot of people are i thought you know i'm gonna give this a shot i want to have fun playing around with this i've had some decent success with uh q block type of things uh recently and why why not merge them together um, i'm also attempting to figure out uh you know some good adaptations for the uh discard lock that i was able to get uh first legend last month with and then of course you know trying to play around a bit figure out how to use how to use my legendaries i'm attempting to see if i can work um first day of school and lord barov to uh uther one turn kill paladin you know where you have uh option your beardo and mm-hmm. you play all of those you know i yep. putting the couple zero costs in uh, uh wondering if that might help and Lord Barov helps to uh, supplement some of that um, py- wild pyromancer and mm-hmm. uh, the Librem of Justice that helps to do all that. So I'm not having the most success, but I'm experimenting with that. Th- those three are pretty much all attempts so far in the existence of this set one day. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I bef- I took an an Uther OTK Paladin up to I don't know, I think it was platinum or something like that and it uses a lot of the Librum cards because when yeah. you can reduce them down to 0, mm-hmm. it helps you do the Beardo OTK combo. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that there's definitely potential. Um so I, yeah, I've been I've been working on one as well. There's a lot of fuel for um, the quest in the Paladin quest as well. So uh-huh. that, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know that it's actually good, but it's definitely fun. Agreed, uh, Mike. It looks like you were playing with Zerosho earlier, and you guys brewed up this deck. What is this? Yeah, so today uh, me and Zerosho had scheduled a co-op. Um, he went live on his stream, so I jumped into voice chat. Um, so our goal is to put together a couple of decks, do some uh, play testing. The first one we came across uh, wasn't really a new deck. It was just a uh, Mali Druid. We decided to throw in Lightning Blooms. And uh, as you can expect, 
the deck is much faster. Thank you to uh, oh, Nature sure. Studies. Uh, shout out to, to uh, E Sheep. Last week he said this card would be great. I fell asleep on it. And I didn't realize if I get it in the mulligan, I can play Overgrown 3. And then it's just a wrap from there. So Malagos Druid. Wow. Yeah, Malagos Druid is nasty, super bro. Super mana wrap? Yeah, it, it was yep. crazy. But Holy the deck we, we played a bunch of games with was this uh, Priest deck. Um, last week when we did reviews, I talked about Frazzled Freshman. Or actually, I wanted to go deep, but I didn't. Oh, no, I think I we all talked you out of it because we were saying, oh, it's just a vanilla card. Let it go. It's a vanilla card. Let it go. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was also like five in the morning. <laughs> That's true. It, by the time we got to this card, it was kind of late, so I couldn't geek out. But um, Means Rosho, this deck, um, I have different ideas. But the one we landed on here was to uh, kind of fluctuate health so we can get Flesh Giant out. Um, the goal mm. is to get, you know, Frazzle Freshman or Radiant Elemental or Aseptic Veil Weaver. And then try to get um, Shadow Ascendant or Dragon Maw to boost them. But if we don't get those minions to boost, uh, we can play spells to boost the other two. And what's really cool is, um, what's that three-cost spell? Gift of Luminance. Um, let's say you play a Sethic on a two, or you play um, Shadow, not Shadow Sunday, or you play Elemental. Basically, those two power drops, if you, they stay alive, like most of the games they did, you can play Gift of Luminance on three. It gives the first one a Divine Shield, and then it summons a copy, which is a one one. And now, when you have two Sethic Veil Weavers, and you have, you know, Renew and uh, Power Word Feast, and all these targetable cards, like it just got out of control. Um, I want to try it, that. It, it, By it's the a lot way, of fun. There's a lot of work to be done. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, Gift of Luminance, the one that that uh, that's the one you said, right? That gives it divine shield yep. and summons a copy, is mm-hmm. absolutely nutty in um, in Quest Paladin. Uh, anything with a death rattle, it, like it, it, I verified today and oh, last night, it oh, keeps yeah. the death rattle. And oh. it, it keeps the death rattle when you summon the new copy. And so if you put your zero cost Librams on something and then summon a copy no. with divine shield, yeah, dude, it's pretty crazy. It says uh, it go play with it. It's it's um you just, Mike's brain just exploded. He's like, I am like can, can I go play this now? <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. I don't Oh I, snap. So Libram's. I was playing last night. Yeah. Uh, I brewed up a like a quest paladin deck that, it, and I will say it's not um, it's not good. It is fun. It needs a lot of refinement, but there's potential. And um, that five mana cost that gives your guy plus eight plus eight, uh, I really like it. I really like it. Um, so oh yeah, we I ran into that today. Um, me and Zerosia were playing, and we came across a YouTuber you guys may know. Uh, I think his name was Kiwi something. Not familiar with that one. Yeah, there's a Hearthstone player. Kiwi, Kiwi Bacon. Kiwi Bacon, yeah. We actually yeah. won against Kiwi Bacon. I believe Kiwi was going for that five mana plus eight plus eight to like OTK us. But we got out We got out of the game with the, with the priest deck. We got out. Thank God. Yeah, he's a big uh, poster. Of, he takes any deck people make and then he posts videos on Hearthpone about them. He's been oh, okay. doing that for years. Nice. Yeah. He makes videos constantly mostly budget decks and stuff like that okay awesome. uh, there we go so here's what i've been playing um i got this from the chinese server uh i've seen a lot of different versions this is what i've been playing um is even warlock and 
Uh, the new cards are pretty crazy. Uh, Brittlebone Destroyer is absolutely nuts. It's so easy to play because you life tap for one. Like I played a mirror match earlier tonight, um, and uh, you know my opponent. I, I dropped a mountain giant on turn four or turn five. My opponent drops a mountain giant next turn on five. I life tapped um, and and played my brittle bone destroyer and killed his. It was so great. It was <laughs> oh. so great. Um, oh, Lorekeeper uh, Pole Kelt is interesting in this deck. Um, Soul Shear I think is good. Uh, it, 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 there's a lot of synergy with Flesh Giant, right? It's interesting. Um, it's interesting shuffling the Soul Fragments in without any of the synergy cards, but you can use them to get your life back up later. Or mm-hmm. with Flesh Giant, it says anytime your life total changes, so it's for damage or healing. Yep. Um, so there's a little bit of synergy there. I haven't played a lot of this, but what I have played, like it's pretty fun. I also saw a Reno variant of this going around that I lost to last night, and I was so mad because it was an it was an even or an even warlock, and they were dropping hey molten giant, mountain giant, flesh giant, abyssal summoner. I was like, oh god, it's even, and I had almost killed him. And then Reno Jackson, I was like, what? And then next <laughs> oh, turn it was Kazaki. That. And uh, on, I bro. I was completely fooled. We have the deck list up in our Discord if you're interested in checking it out. Um, it uh, I, Again, I don't know how good it is, but uh, it totally threw me off guard. And uh, it was super fun. So uh, this is what I'm playing right now. I think Raised Dead works really well in this also because it, it will bring something back to your hand that died earlier. So... If any of these giants, you can play for very cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of lot of synergy here. I think that this is a really fun time to be in wild because our card pool is bigger now than yeah. it ever has been. And uh, so, yeah, this is super cool. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Because um, you just said it and I forgot, but this happened in our games and it was amazing. Uh, Ray's dead. It brought back Sethic Veilweaver and Radiant Elemental when we forced him out on turn two and the opponent killed it. Like, we know we get it right back. It was awesome. I, I love that card. That card's pretty Ooh. cool. Raise Dead is awesome. Yeah, it seems good. It seems good. I can't wait to I can't wait to play more with this. So I think that's what we'll probably all be doing a lot this weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Paladin, but I might be playing a lot of Priest and Warlock cards. Yeah, well, and I think the dual class cards are really fun. Like, you know, we've got nine classes, ten classes. I'm sorry. Um, But, you know, they get a little bit stale after a while. And so the idea of playing some of these dual class cards, like it really changes things up a little bit. Like, well, how does this card has a lot of utility in, um, you know, in Priest, but it also has a lot of utility in Paladin. Like, whoa, okay, who would have thought? Um, Yeah, I think the whole... uh... The double major flavoring is pretty creative for that. The whole, you know, the, uh, the the customizing, the idea of disciplines crossing over into other disciplines matches mm-hmm. really well for, you know, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could use this, uh, even in some cases, class-specific utilities like uh, combo that, but we could play them in this other class. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's really cool that for this expansion we get the opportunity to to kind of have that fantasy realized for a little while yeah yeah 
Super cool. Um, okay, well, for anybody, we're about to wrap up the show. For anybody that wants to hang out, uh, we can do a little bit of co-op on ladder, just for just for funsies. Um, again, I think the meta is so fresh, we don't know what's good, um, <laughs> but but definitely having fun. Um, before we go, um, can we? Uh, where can people find you? And let me start out with Goliath. If someone wants to find your articles, watch you stream, watch you, or follow you on on social media where can they find you okay so i'm not uh, very active on social media point in my life i might be at some point i technically do have a twitter, uh currently it is at uh, mighty mythos um uh, i don't really post anything there except maybe there's non-mac thing that'll come up if i if i decide to stream uh i also i do technically have a twitch channel um which is also goliath the dwarf if you want to check that out haven't been doing very much on it, largely because I uh, have yet to get my own bachelor pad. And so, the, <laughs> you know, hard to stream when you never know if a fan do with something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope to currently uh, you, you, you can see like uh, recordings of me doing Twitch things karaoke, if that's your thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh man, but, I wish I would have uh, known. I would have got you for a song. Oh, karaoke show. Oh, oh God. karaoke. It's not too Uh-oh. late. Yeah, I don't I don't... Want to do that. I, hey, I, I, you know we do parody songs, right? Uh, we'll we'll have to um, tap you. I, I, I'd love to contribute. I love singing. I've been oh in a man, lot of fires in my I, life. I had a really rough time with this week. I mean, I, I belted it out, but it was, it is not uh, super pleasing to the ear. It's amazing. Don't kid yourself. I strongly recommend. I have to encourage people to go to the out of car site it's a wonderful community over there very positive uh for the most i mean you always have two people but uh, it's it's very it's a, it's a great team that runs it uh that I, I love interacting with them I love them and uh there's we're, we're always you know doing new stuff uh we should actually uh within the next week or so be resuming our custom card competitions oh those are always fun oh yeah. okay yeah, with and you know, just imagine that now that people class cards, all the come up with, and you can uh, check out all of my lore guides there and leave suggestions for any ones that you would like to. See. So that's the Out of Cards website, and you can find anything under Goliath the Dwarf. Awesome, awesome, very cool. Uh, hey, Hydralisk, where can people find you? Uh, before I say that, one other place uh, you can find uh, Goliath the Dwarf is in our Discord. Oh, yeah. Um, he's there all the time posting really cool stuff and links, and he's very active in there. Yes, feel so. free to hit me up, tag me in the question at all. I'd be happy to send I can. Yeah. Awesome. And I appreciate that. Me, yeah, uh, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm on there quite a bit. That's Hydralisk underscore HS. I'm also on Twitch at Hydralisk underscore HS. Um, when I'm on Twitch, I stream usually kind of anything, not just Hearthstone, but just sort of whatever I want. So uh, expect to see sort of anything. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Very cool. Mike, what about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, like Hydra said, um, Definitely check out Goliath in the Discord. Um, Homeboy's got his own channel, you know what I'm saying? He's a lore master, so definitely come through, check out his content. Uh, Goliath, you, you, say, you say you do karaoke. 
um, you got to do some music with us because we got the hardest bars in Azeroth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, 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 got, we, got, we got the best beats in Bob's Tavern. You know, he's always, got <laughs> us in the, he's always playing us in the jukebox, so come through sometime. All right, man? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, at MichaelTV. And um, find me here every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Very, very cool. Uh, happy to have all you guys on. Um, as as for me, uh, I'm most active on Twitter. My handle is at NateWolfTCG. It's N-A-T-E-W-O-L-F-E-T-C-G. Um, I am very active in the Discord. Uh, I stream very infrequently, uh, so don't plan it. Hydra, I love your cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like like about, opening up 400 get... card packs. Right. There. Wait, what's your cat's key. name? Uh, this is Rory. Hi, Rory. Welcome to the show. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah, um, she. Her, the origin of her name is really stupid. Um, is that a Gilmore <laughs> Girls or what? Yeah, yeah. Bam. Um, yeah, she is. Um, how old are you, Rory? She's from 2006. Uh, she's 14. I've had her for 14 years. Nice. And yes, uh, she is named after the Gilmore Girls little girl. (laughs) Very good. On Mike's dog. That is a gorgeous dog. Yeah, Zelda. Zelda? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Sorry, I got got sidetracked by the by the animals um i have a couple cats wandering around somewhere but not up here tonight uh you can find me on um on twitter at nate wolf tcg uh mostly active on discord all the time you can find our show um at born to be wild hs.com we will joke about this to our dying day but do not go to born to be wild.com unless you are looking for oh whoa. Uh, viagra <laughs> energy drinks uh but yeah, make sure you, that you <laughs> Make sure that you add the HS to the end. So born to be wild HS.com. Yeah. Uh, all of our content is there. So you can find all of our past shows. You can find the audio versions, the video versions, links to all of our Twitters and YouTubes and uh, everything else. Um, and, and the merch s- store. Yeah, super cool. We so we we have a new merch store that Wildcard um, and and his and his wife uh, set up through their company, Spangle. And the merch is beautiful. It turned out so nice. The, sh- the shirts are nice and soft. The artwork turned out really clean. Very, very happy with it. Um, so, Buy one size larger than you think you want. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Or, or um, yeah, I need to get in, maybe lose a couple pounds. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, I hope that you guys will, will check out the website. Check out the merch. It, it's very cool. Um, we got i forgot to post it on this week's show i'll I'll post it on next week's show but um someone bought some clothes with theirs and sent us a photo of their son wearing one of our shirts with the with the cartoon dragon and it was so awesome um love seeing it so that's very cool Uh, love to see that anyways before uh oops what did i what did i do here um before we go, I did want to ask all of you guys um, a quick question. Hey, while you're getting that question, um, we want to shout out to a uh, that was the person who set the uh, who posted the picture in the Discord 
of their child wearing our cool. merch. Check out that merch, borntobewildhs.com. Beautiful. All right, guys, I want to wrap up the show with a question. So earlier we had talked about the Warcraft movie, and I've got some some free time finally uh, this weekend. And so my question for you all, completely unrelated, is what fantasy movie do you recommend that I watch this weekend? And I'm going to start out with Goliath. What do you think? Oh, boy. Um, that That is difficult for me, though. So... Uh, are, are you asking for obscure things or things that maybe the odds are seen or what? I just want it to be good. Don't okay. care. <laughs> now, I personally, uh, uh, kind of a non-popular, I am actually a big fan of the Hobbit movie trilogy. Um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they, they, they stretched out a, a short little kid's book into three movies. But I say that it's a lot qu- quicker and easier to say something happened. It takes longer to actually show it happening in the fullness of, you know, however long it takes for a battle to last and stuff. I They took some liberties uh, with the books, uh, but I think that to some extent it's fun that they, they draw some connections to some of the wider middle earth uh mythology uh from like books like the cimmerillion uh, a couple of things that they drop uh in there and it's a way that uh tolkien may have chosen to write the hobbit had he known he was far more serious lord of the rings afterwards. so a lot of people trash him i personally still enjoy and recommend the hobbit trilogy I like it. I like it. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Is what what good uh, fantasy movies should I watch? Oh man! So um, the ones I've watched are very very few. Uh, how do you feel about James and the Giant Peach? <laughs> hey, that works, man. That works. I uh, I have read the, read the book as a kid. Rewatched it. Tim Burton did a good job with the animation. Some some good stuff. <laughs> I see Craig used to stump me with this stuff all the time out of the blue, super random mm-hmm. question. And, uh, I would always forget that it was happening. And so, um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy this as it's, it's a uh, tradition at this point. And I see Hydra scratching his head over there is, which is why it shows you last. So Hydra, yeah, is yeah. Pretty... <laughs> I, I finally have an answer. <laughs> Perfect time. I, yeah, no, um, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm more of a sci-fi fan than I am fantasy, so this was taking me a while. But I'm going to go with a childhood favorite. You have to go back some years and get yourself a copy of The NeverEnding Story. Oh, dude, yes. In fact, fact, we should cover that song sometime. Yeah. 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 That's actually one I've had a lot of fun with the Mm -hmm. on, so... So I, um, those, yes, that is a good recommendation for those of you who haven't seen it. The never ending story is great. The sequel is not quite so great. Uh, the third one is absolute garbage from what I hear. The, the books are interesting and they are a little bit different. Um, but very fun. So, all right. Nice. All right. Uh, the never ending story. Yeah. <laughs> Wiser words were never spoken. And you heard that on Born to be Wild. When I began 
It was Curse of Naxxramas Then I moved on to BRM Now here I am I'm joined by Mike and Hydra Who'd have believed we've come this far Born To be wild Reaching out To play some games with you Cause of mine Good games never seem so good I'm doing fine Play Hearthstone more than I should Well, maybe Look at our Discord And it don't feel so lonely we filled it up with all our friends And when I tilt The tilting runs off my shoulders How can I rage when I'm with you? Born To be wild Reaching out to play some games with you. Sweet cards of mine. Good games never seem so good. I'm playing fine. Play hard stone more than I should. Cards of mine Good games never seem so good Sweet cards of mine Play Hearthstone more than I should Sweet cards of mine Good games